Hello? It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021 already. Time is flying. Hey, big show. Huge show today. Let's get to it, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. There are some things cooking in the sports headlines. We do have some guests. Patrick Queen, who came in third in defensive rookie of the year voting, will be joining us in about 20 minutes or so. He was not happy about being voted third. I got a lot of respect for that. Somebody that wants to win rookie of the year. He was somebody who would have been available for the Green Bay Packers if they wanted to trade up and maybe help lift something they would have needed to get past the NFC Championship game. Instead, they get Jordan Love. We'll see how that pick fares. But there was a lot of other people that could have passed or picked Patrick Queen and decided to pass. He was a monster at LSU. He came into Baltimore, made plays early. Cannot wait to chat with him about the culture in there. There's a lot of conversation revolving around the Ravens today as well as their offensive lineman is looking to get traded because he wants to play left tackle instead of going back to right tackle. Orlando Brown, who moved over to left tackle from right tackle about eight weeks into the season as Ronnie Stanley got hurt. Orlando Brown played great at left tackle. Now he is saying, hey, listen, I want to continue to play left tackle. You need to get me out of here. They're like, no, no, no. We're moving you right back to right tackle. We got Ronnie Stanley here, who's great. We got you at right tackle. We got a couple other guys. We got to make up for Yonda leaving, which is a bigger problem than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Can't have it. He's like, no, no, no. The difference between what left tackles get paid and the difference between what right tackles get paid is vastly different to the tune of $5 million a year difference between the highest paid left tackle and and the highest paid right tackle. Bakhtiari just set the entire thing at $23 million a year. He is getting paid for left tackle for the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And at right tackle, the highest is like $18 million or something like that. That is a $5 million difference, which is why Orlando Brown... Uh, tackle for the Ravens says it's nothing about you Baltimore hey this is not personal at all this is strictly business to the tune of like 25 million dollars over five years a little bit of a difference and I'm good over here I'm never going to get to play over here with Ronnie here because Ronnie's good here seems like you got a plethora of talent at this one position go ahead and let me go let me spread my uh, my wings and let me go ahead and fly my ass right into a much bigger bank account (laughs) I respect this move who knows how that's going to pan out Orlando Brown is just the most recent person to want trade from their team allegedly Russell Wilson's team not Russell Wilson the people around Russell Wilson Mm -hmm. okay the chef yes yep the chef the manager Mm -hmm. the agent the body guru the the strength staff spirituality coach the the chaplain (laughs) yep the team Sierra Right. She's part of the team, I'd assume. Future. Mm-hmm. The babies, the kids, everything. Well, he's part of the old team, too. <laughs> but the team around Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has not said that he wants out. He has come out and said he's sick of getting hit or something like that, which a lot of people would, I'd assume, if you've been sacked the most amount of times in a nine-year span in NFL history or something like that to start your career. But then people go back to you know the way he plays and everything like that. But his team wants him out of Seattle, it seems like. Which is interesting because now the narrative is, will Russell Wilson get traded? Because will Deshaun Watson getting traded is something that's kind of old news now that's still potentially happening. But as these players continue to allegedly want out of positions, it's great for us. The drama is great for us to talk about. But also, it's hard not to talk about the reality of these situations and will it ever be able to change. The NFL contract situation is much different than the NBA one. The NBA one favors the players a lot because the NBA 
NBA is 1,000% a players-driven league. Now, granted, the NFL is as well. You all saw that when XFL you watch and the AAFL and all that stuff. You need great players, but it is not set up the same way CBA-wise for the players to be able to control their narrative, control their outcome, control that. And it hasn't been for a long time. Are we seeing the transition of that? And Russell Wilson, who's... What, the nicest guy? Literally just won the best human in the NFL (laughs) award with the Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's potentially going to be trying to get out of his situation. And a lot of people say it's very interesting because, you know, to keep Russell Wilson in Seattle, they had to pay him a bunch of money. And anytime you pay somebody a bunch of money, sometimes you have to get rid of other good players because you're not able to afford them because of what Russell Wilson was demanding in cash in the contract negotiation where he was potentially going to leave Seattle. They get rid of the Legion of Boom. They get rid of a lot of things. They go with Russell Wilson moving forward. Now, I do not believe that just because you pay a quarterback, you can't find good players or pay good players to uh, surround him. A lot of people have been able to do that. There are some GMs that are great at salary cap manipulation or whatever, but Russell Wilson's team saying, you guys aren't doing great at protecting me. The team isn't good enough, blah, 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 blah. Russell Wilson hasn't officially said that. His team has. How will the Seattle Seahawks team feel about Russell's team? There's just so much bullshit popping off. And guess what? We're going to be here to talk about it. Hell yeah. There's a lot of things going on. Dak Prescott wasn't in. Here's some more bullshit. Dak Prescott wasn't in the hype video for the 2021 season that's about to come up. Yeah. They had everybody else in there. Special teams plays. They had everybody else making plays that's going to be on team. Dak Prescott, who is not officially under contract for the 2021 season with the Dallas Cowboys just yet, was left out of the hype video. And the social media team down there in Dallas is getting called into question by the NBC Sports in Washington, D.C. <laughs> They're the ones that notice it. They're like, funny, funny you see it. And they just stirred the pot. And by the way, because it's the Dallas Cowboys and because it's Dak Prescott, the rest of the world just was like, oh, mm-hmm. my, oh, Whoa. my. Oh, they don't even want them down there. I think they do want them down there. But will they want him enough to pay him long-term or will be another franchise tag because you don't know what he's going to be like coming off of a broken leg? And did the social media team not want to be able to not be put into a jeopardizing position with Jerry Jones either by putting him in there? And now Jerry's like, oh, now we have to sign him, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because you thought that would get a good retweet or two? Is that what you thought? He is not on contract as a Dallas Cowboy next season. You only put players that are under contract with the Dallas Cowboys in that goddamn video. Is that the – that's the alternate – so this social media person, editor, video editor, probably 23, 24 years old, making ah, Dogecoin or two an hour. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, probably not making much, but you're in the NFL. You This will go on your resume. Mm-hmm. This will be able to do this whole thing. So now they have to make the decision, okay, do we put Dak in there because that's what we want and what everybody thinks is going to happen, or do we leave him out there because he's not under contract, and here we are talking about it. So I guess they made the right decision. <laughs> yeah. Dallas yep. Cowboys hype video was rather lit, just did not have Dak. <laughs> All the boys are here at Tone Diggs, COVID Cowboy. People are calling for COVID Cowboy merch. How do we feel about this character that you will probably get sick of at some point, but has endeared a lot of people with you and that cowboy hat? I love, I love the character. I think it will carry on longer than my other characters, but you're right. It won't go that much farther, I assume. Um, as far as merch, I don't think that should happen. I, I saw a child. Yeah. 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 There was a child tweeting videos. Well, a mother of a child mm-hmm. tweeting a video to us saying the little kid wants COVID cowboy merch. Yeah. And basically the way the video was constructed, it was almost like we're bad people if we don't give the kid COVID cowboy merch. And I immediately went to the group text and I said, hey, COVID cowboy merch. Mm-hmm. We're doing COVID cowboy merch, which is potentially why I'll be a bad dad. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> great uncle, bad dad, you know? Sure. Great, like, friend of family. Godfather. Anything like that. Good stuff like that. Bad actual dad. Because I don't believe that's how you should parent. I, I would assume that that make... But that's the type of thing. If I see a little kid doing something, I'm like, yeah, I've got to do it, all right? Just make this thing happy. Let's just keep it moving or whatever. The COVID Cowboy merch, the thing about it is if we invest time into that merch... That character has to exist yeah. for a little bit of time. Oh, yeah. How many seasons of Yellowstone are, are there, and how many have you watched? Well, there's three, and I have watched all three. See, oh, so that's, yeah. that's what we're saying here. Oh, so the COVID Cowboy merch, there might be like a Tiger King digs next week. Right. You know? mm. And I'm not saying exactly Tiger King. I'm just saying there might be something new that comes along <laughs> and captivates Tone Diggs, and we might have COVID Cowboy Rest in Peace merch might be yeah. the oh, next thing we see. The, uh, the kid and the two other people that would buy that merch, maybe I'll just throw a, a pizza party at Chuck E. Cheese for all four of us, and then we'll just move on with ourselves. Don't do that. That'd be awesome. Are you going in with Spurs? Yeah. You got to get on that horse like that dude in Montana. Oh, yeah. Nah. What was his name? Chris. Yeah. He might as well have called in and said, COVID Cowboy, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much did. That's what he said. He said, get him on a horse out here. He wants to be. He wants to play cosplay. He wants to play cowboy. Get him on a horse. Let's well, get you out there, Diggs. Yeah. I mean, put me on a horse, and I got to wheel in here every day. We will make it accessible. Yeah, uh, it's okay. By the way, our deal. office already is accessible. It has to be due to regulations and code. And yeah. We already have that ready for you. Dude. You can sit here. Not, up, not up on this platform. Just roll right in. Right here. Right yeah. where we're at Ty Schmidt and at right Boston Connor. Maybe yeah. add you to the toxic table forever. Right I mean, that well, might be a good idea. Let's see how Connor goes with A.J. Dillon because it can't be too many of us. Yeah, before. that's true. That's true. At, yeah. at Boston Connor, the New England Patriots aren't really in any conversations right now. Nothing's happening. And the conversation before we got on air was if Tom Brady's the quarterback for the New England Patriots this past season because there was a tweet that got on the internet last night I forget who did it but it was a good conversation starter which is by the way a good tweet okay he said something about people are comparing Bill and Tom right now with the outcome of the 2020 NFL season and if Bill would have just been able to go choose where he wanted to coach like Tom was like let's say he wanted to go be the coach of the Packers or the Chiefs he would have the same amount of success this was a perfect destination for Tom to choose or whatever okay and although that is a good conversation to be had and it makes sense as soon as you start to think about it just a little bit you're like no that's that is nowhere near similar at all because the team that the Buccaneers were were seven and nine. Okay, that team was not a winning culture down there. It was not a winning organization down there. Antonio Brown was not down there. Gronk was not down there. Leonard Fournette was not down there. You know why they went there? Because Tom Brady went there. All those players could have went to New England because Bill Belichick was there. They didn't because Bill Belichick was there. <laughs> so that would definitely add to the case that it's Tom more than it's Bill. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the way New Englanders, the Bill Belichick backers, are trying to sell this to yourselves is. It's very interesting to me. Now, I do know there's a lot of people in New England that are like happy for Tom and like, you know, we almost like Buccaneers fans now at this point. It feels like there's a lot of you guys up there that are doing that. But the people that are backing Bill, it's very interesting the way the excuses are being crafted at this particular Well, I mean, you know, I'm happy for Brady again. And, you know, they were 7-9 last year, but they lost, what, seven games by one score because their quarterback threw 30 picks. Which, by the way, is a difference that the quarterback makes. a direct difference that Tom Brady makes, Mm -hmm. making it more Tom than Bill. But I understand the excuse you were trying to make there that the team was better (laughs) than their record indicated, but the record indicated the way the quarterback played. So Tom coming in there, 
is Tom more than Bill then at that particular Yeah, point. absolutely perfect. But even with Brady on the Patriots, like he was throwing to nobody. We went 8-0 and two years ago, started out 8-0, and finished 4-4 four and four because there was no offense, no matter what. And the only reason we won half our games this year is because we ran the ball for 250 yards a game. I mean, Brady wasn't helping the Patriots that much this year. He had to get out. But, I mean, there was one thing coming out of New England yesterday, and that's that the Patriots are not serious suitors for Carson Wentz because he is destined for the Indianapolis. <laughs> No, 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 uh, no, 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 he's going to New England. Don't you try to divert this thing into no, that was big news, <laughs> huge news for the Pats. Not hold serious up, suitors. <laughs> okay, you know anything about this right here? I know all about that. Listen, if Carson Wentz comes to town, pump handle. <laughs> okay, bolt action. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh! Whatever we want to do, Paul? that's what this Colts team will become. Okay? Oh, yeah. We will go to the goddamn saloon with Carson Wentz if we have to, that's all right? right? Especially at this point. No Matthew Stafford. He's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's out of there. Aaron Rodgers, I guess he's not tradable. Shoot that dream out of the See sky ya. as well. Dak Prescott, he's probably going to get franchise tag. Russell Wilson's team wants him out of there, but you think Pete Carroll wants No way. <laughs> so who's left now, you start thinking? Well... Does seem like that John Deere having duck hunting son of a bitch who used to play good football is probably going to end up in Indianapolis. And if Chris Ballard makes the decision, I trust Chris Ballard, okay? Of course. Chris Ballard makes decisions where when those ducks fly, they don't get shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just continue to, to continue to go. That team, if they get one quarterback, and if Carson Wentz can resemble a little bit of Andrew Luck, it may be even a little bit of what Carson Wentz used to look like, the team will have success. Will it be enough? To go win a fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> Don't think so. Probably not. But if Carson Wentz comes back and does Frank Reich, you know, the entire, you know, baptized thing and, and the whole sure. Frank Reich bring the whole team together like the Forrest Buckner was talking about, I do believe Carson Wentz is inevitably going to be a Colt. Now, at this point, it is something, a realization I have, you know, just faced right in the mirror numerous times this week. Yeah. But I do believe right now Chris Ballard is telling him, you are not going to take down the rest of our team. Okay, we're already taking on a massive salary cap hit with this mm-hmm. guy. We're not giving you ones. Okay, we're not doing that whole thing. He is Goff, not Stafford. And hopefully that's how this whole thing will pan out. Well, and the best part about Carl Wentz is that no matter what, he's going to one of the two teams in this room. Nope. He's nope. either going to be a Colder or he's going to be a Bear. Nope. So oh, we'll, no, no, we'll no. have fodder for him all, all year. At, all at Viva Lazito sitting Thank on the you. incredible couch. The oh, yeah. The um, – the the Bears allegedly did not make any offers, says not a one. Bears blogger. But yeah. who's giving the Bears blogger that exactly. information? Pace Is it the same person that's giving everybody else the information? Because everybody's painting bullshit out there at Ty Schmidt. It does seem like Aaron Rodgers will be the Packers quarterback for the time being, yeah. uh, for at least maybe forever. Mm-hmm. Big Dog was quoted in TMZ as saying, Aaron's never getting traded. He is Green Bay. He is Green Bay. Is that Bay. how you feel about this whole thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well. What about Russell Wilson if he's available? Ooh. Ooh. Huh. Is that why you wore the Yankees hat? No. Oh! I didn't even think about that, COVID Cowboy. Wow. You're 100% right. Baseball season's right around the corner. I mean, you know, so that's why, that's why I put on the Yankees hat. But, I mean, we talked about it. If Russell Wilson is actually a man of God, he, he lets everyone know, you know, that he is, and, and he's a great guy and everything. If that's the case, he needs to go down to Houston. 
I mean, you see what's happening in Houston. It is just exploding at the scenes. And, I mean, you know, him and Jack Easterby, it just seems like that is a match made in heaven. So that's what I think about Russell. Raj isn't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. I just hope that now this offseason we actually do some stuff to help him out, which we, we seem like we didn't do last year. And, by the way, don't want to bury the offense for the Green Bay Packers because no. the offense is unbelievable. And defense made massive plays and moments. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with adding, okay? Look at the Chiefs. Look at the Bucks. Exactly. Look at these teams that are at the top. They add great players. Like mm-hmm. that, hey. The more great players we can get in here, the better. And by the way, there's enough balls to go around, and we have enough plays to be made on defense if we have to rotate this whole thing. It's just, it's very obvious the teams that are trying to really make a run and who aren't, especially in the modern day with the way everything works. Now. I'm also excited to see uh, which like which guys become cap casualties who are maybe like a little bit bigger names but are going to command a cheaper contract because they really don't have that much money. But I think there are a couple guys out there that may, you know, end up flocking to Green Bay, hopefully. So oh, we'll really? See. You, yeah, you think we'll this see. is potentially a ring-chasing situation in Green Bay with Aaron? Why not? The only issue is... Will your front office make the plays to go get those guys that are potentially ring chasing? Because there are numerous teams that are currently in the ring chasing world. Okay, add the Rams in there as well because I think oh, they're yeah. potentially going to be looking yeah. for people to play cheap. That's Los Angeles. Very nice weather. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay also going to be in the, this nice for the weather. next couple. Very nice weather. Very warm. You got Tom Brady. Kansas City Chiefs. They got a guy they won. I assume people are going to try to go there. Aaron Rodgers has won, is a guy. But in that entire pecking order of recruiting, whenever it comes to front offices, I'll be intrigued to hear how B.A. and Matt Light compete against McVay, who allegedly is down in Mexico with Matthew Stafford as Mm -hmm. that whole thing was going on. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Basically what? you got Aaron Rodgers calling people saying, hey, is there any way you want to come play? That's what it seems like it would have to be at this point. Yeah, ultimately it's tough. I mean, we talked about it the other day. If you're a a free agent guy and you've been in the league for a, a long time, I don't think going to Green Bay and that weather and everything is something that's necessarily desirable. But, I mean, we'll see. Who knows? I, hey, by the way, let's say I'm, I'm a wide receiver It's really good at football. Mm-hmm. And I've already been paid. Give me Aaron fucking Rodgers throwing Hell me the yeah. ball. Yeah. Plus, For sure. Plus they career. got that defense coordinator that's ring chasing up there. They got hit the nail on the head with that hire. Yeah, that's the thing is whenever you get a, a coach that's also ring chasing mm-hmm. – who's been at the very bottom of his profession. Mm-hmm. Once he gets a chance to see the top, that's going to be a moment of watching him be happy. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Don't know if we'll ever get it. I think he may get shit canned before that happens. But <laughs> if that doesn't happen, again, you know, I don't know anything about the guy. We'll see. I mean, his resume indicates that he stinks. But we'll see. I'm excited. Joining us now, a man who got third in defensive rookie of the year voting. Absolute bullshit. Bullshit, yeah. Yeah. Absolute bullshit. bullshit. We don't like it from the Baltimore Ravens out of LSU, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Queen. We don't like it. We don't like it. Not one bit. What's up, guys? Hey, defensive rookie of the year voting. I like the fact, let me tell you what I like. I like the fact that you were upset. I like the fact that you voiced that you were upset, put it out into the world, letting people know like, okay, I'm going to remember this. What are we doing this offseason so that this type of thing never happens again? For instance, Darius Leonard, his rookie year, didn't even get voted into the Pro Bowl or anything like that. He was an all-pro. He he took it. He literally put it on his shoulder. Offseason, he came back all-pro yet again, Pro Bowl, that whole thing. What are we doing this offseason, Patrick? What are we changing? Is there any new workouts we're going to do? Any new film study or we just going to come back and kill people next year, Patrick. We're going to kill people, man. We're speaking about business this year. Everything I took personal this year. So um, I think there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, people 
took my tweet to a fence and uh, ran with it and stuff, you know. And it was nothing against Chase. Chase a great player. Chase earned it. But I feel like, uh, you know, my work wasn't showcased. What I put in, all the work, all the highlights and stuff that I put out, you know, it wasn't showcased. So everything's personal now. Uh, I'm going to go down to Florida with my guy Mo at the House of Athletes and, um, you know, just get to work and go earn what I want. I cannot wait to see the Instagram footage if you put it out <laughs> on what you guys are doing down there at House of Athlete. That's amazing. And everybody's running their own race, you know? So, like, the interesting thing is everybody always thinks that somebody's taking a shot at somebody else. It's like, no, I'm listen, I respect what they're doing. I just think that maybe in my particular lane, somebody should have been looking. You had some highlights early. I remember, like, week one, I think you forced a fumble or something. Like, like, you came out of the gate strong. Was there any worry at all in the transition? I've asked this to a lot of the rookies we've got to talk to, and you guys are much more mature, I think, than previous rookie classes. And I don't know why it is football-wise or whatever, but was there any transition thought or hesitation at all in your head, or did you always just know you were going to be able to do well against grown men? Man, uh, I, I look at it as like it's just it's, a, it's another day to play football. And um, when I first came in, uh, they want to count. I was a little timid and stuff, but uh, once we went through individual drills and all that, I kind of got the butterflies out. And first play and team, I made a play. So from that point on, I knew I could always be great in this league. And um, you know, I started off strong and I didn't finish strong. So that's that's stuff that I got to work on. I got to come out like I did this year, come out strong, and then next year come out even stronger and finish. They called you Baby Ray. I assume you took that as a massive compliment, especially in Baltimore. And have you got a chance to talk to Ray Lewis? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's a great compliment. Uh, Ray Ray is the greatest to do it. So uh, to be able to be called Baby Ray, uh, that means a lot of people have confidence in me and that's stuff I need to uphold. And uh, I talked to Ray. Ray gave me some pointers and stuff, man. I got to get with him to uh, get this film down so, so I could, you know, match his, match his tempo and match his level of intensity that he uh, sent to Baltimore Ravens. When you did you get introduced this year? There's no fans. Yeah. Did you guys get introduced? Nah, uh, it was just over a phone call. That was it. No, no, I'm talking about onto the field. They, there was no fans. Field, so- nah, not at all. Oh, uh, see, are you gonna? Hey, now Ray's <laughs> Ray's intro into the field is like one of the greatest things in the history of the NFL. I saw the last ever one actually. I felt the heat from the flames. 75 yards away during his he had pyro during his entrance oh, yeah. music smoke they brought in grass because there was all turf. will you be one of those is that the type of intro we're gonna have whenever fans come back yeah i'm still i'm still thinking about what i'm gonna do but i need oh. to come with some heat he, oh, had, okay. he had a, okay. he had a great one that people still do to this day and terrell suggs had had some nice stuff too so uh, i gotta i gotta come with some heat this year i'm gonna have to uh probably ask justin jefferson on some intros I can come in with. That LSU squad you guys had was pretty fucking good, huh? Hell yeah. <laughs> you guys knew going into the season? You guys knew going into the season you guys were going to win it for sure? We knew in the, the springtime because one day defense would dominate, the next day the offense kill us. So we already knew we had a squad. And, uh, like, fights broke out every day. That's just how bad we was competing. So uh, we knew in the springtime we was going to be great. And, you know, now we're the best to ever do it, so. I, by the way, I was at that game. I thought early, hey, first half, thought we were potentially going to lose that thing. Then Joey Burrow gets a broken rib, right? <laughs> then he goes in at halftime and comes out on the other side. A massive performance in that whole thing. When Now you're playing against Joey Burrow twice a year or whatever. You know, what What do you what, what do you take away from practicing against him every single day that will help you in the NFL? Like, such a stupid question. But what is it like getting a chance to see him but not only transfer into LSU, 
do his thing, become the player he is now. He almost died this year like four times from different shots that he took this year. But what is it like to kind of be in the same division and you two will you two will see each other as you go here, and that's a, that's going to be a pretty cool little correlation going forward. Yeah, Joe's my guy. Joe, day one came in. Um, this was when D-White was still there, obviously. And, uh, you know, sprints was a big thing at LSU in the morning at 7 o'clock. So we all always raced during sprints. And Joe came out there day one, like, lighting us up, like, running stuff for stuff with us, sometimes beating us. So um, we knew the type of guy Joe came in to be. And uh, obviously everybody knows what he is now. And just to be able to play him in the future, um, you know, Joe's a great competitor and a great guy. And like I like I did this year, I'm gonna try to get out from him, hit him early, hit him off. Uh, <laughs> coming out, of, <laughs> that's the best way to take Joe off his game. So uh, you know, I'm gonna try to try to get at him as much as I can. He was running one time this year this way. I think it was against Philadelphia, and uh, somebody hit him, and his body stopped going, and then his brain, his helmet, and his head. <laughs> continued to go it looked like it left his body and then came back and then he was on the sideline got up came back in like the next play and let it touch that score it was like this dude is an idiot and i i <laughs> i absolutely love everything about it connor what do you have yeah pat we uh, had patrick ricard on the show a few weeks ago have you ever had to take him on in practice and he's is he the biggest fullback you've ever uh, gone up against uh I actually haven't had to take him on. Uh, being on the strong side, he usually blocked to the weak side. And, uh, one oh, he's scared of you over there? Hey, he's scared of you I know Pat ain't scared of me. Pat, Pat ain't by the Pat, so uh, I know he ain't scared at all. But uh, I actually thought he was coming to block me, and my body just, like, froze. And I was like, man, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> then we we whiffed each other, and I ended up uh, going into the backfield or whatever. So, um I haven't had to take him on yet, but I'm pretty sure it's coming one day. This year, anybody get you that you did not expect? In in because you know they talk about like the welcome to the NFL, whatever. But was there any moments that you maybe an offensive lineman or or tight end or something somebody got you, or was this year you didn't have any of that? Uh, Nick Boyle. Uh, I remember just trying to like run through him on like a little gap scheme and whatever. And he just got a hold of me and just drove me and drove me and drove me, and I'm sitting there trying to run, rip off everything. Couldn't do it, so um, that was probably my welcome to the NFL moment, for sure. He was holding. Ball. He was holding. I assume. Yeah, he was holding you. He was holding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Most why he couldn't get off. Next time, it won't be a problem at all. Diggs, what do you have? Patrick, I you just mentioned running uh, sprints with Devin White. I looked at the for the combine. You guys both ran four four at two hundred and forty pounds. What the fuck is in the water at LSU? Yeah, how's that happen, dude? How, how, how have you got? How has everybody gotten faster? Like how how is this? How has this happened? That just show you what we do at LSU, bro. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. a constant only grind. school. <laughs> <laughs> the only school doing that, you know? <laughs> nah, but uh, me and D.Y., every day we had sprints, we were racing. And, and he, you know, at first I, I came in, um, I came in a little out of shape, and he always, you know, just took me on his wing and told me to get better and kept pushing me. So from that point on, it was always a co- competition. And every day I went in, I tried to be better than him, man. Uh, you know, obviously he set his market LSU, so that's what I tried to do. And, you know, I feel like I set a pretty good standard. Um, feel like I could have done more, but everything worked out. Now I'm here, and now I'm trying to, you know, still compete with Devin and still trying to outdo him and outdo what he do. And rightfully so, uh, had a great game in the Super Bowl, and uh, that's, that's the type of stuff I'm trying to outdo. He flies around, as do you. Um, you talked about coming in a little bit of, out of shape, basically, and then turning around. What do you think is the difference between the people that make it 
you know, and don't. We've all, anybody that's ever been around football, college football, NFL football, you see and meet people that are like, oh my God, that is one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. And then for whatever reason, just don't make it. It's like a shame. Why do you think you made that switch from being out of shape? Was it because Devin White or is it because you saw something, heard something? Like, why do you think some people are able to make that switch and make it? And then some people just can't ever get right almost. You just got to have a competitor. You just got to, if you don't want to wake up and be great every day and just go to work and do what you love, then you just, you don't need to be doing what you're doing, man. You need to find something else. I mean, it's so simple. It's just wake up, work, be better, and, you know, that's it. So um, I feel like for the most part, that was always my mindset was to be better, to be great, to do what I wanted to do and do what I love at a high standard. And I feel like Devin was a part of that. Devin always took me on his wing, like I said, and always wanted me to compete with him. So uh, I feel like he was a part of it. But for the most part, I know that in the back of my mind, I won't be better than everybody. So. When you woke up this morning, you woke up and you said, I'm going to get better today. What are we doing today? We running sprints today? Mm-hmm. Hey, we lifting today? Mm-hmm. What are we doing today? We we running our head into a wall maybe a couple <laughs> times to practice? What are we doing today? We watching film today. We watching film. I'm up. In about two weeks, I'm about to hit these weights hard, get out there, mm-hmm. try to be, try to come in stronger, faster, uh, just better, a better all-around player. So uh, today is just film, but from now on, these next two weeks, it's all. Man, good luck out there. Are we in your office right now? What is behind you there? That that thing seems to be pretty magnificent there. Some some kind of mirror my mom bought. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm not a house designer guy. I don't, I don't need all that stuff in my house. You put that there. So, are you in your office right now? Uh, it's like a little mini, like thing right there by the door. Ooh. Ain't nothing special, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can't wait to see your next contract, man. It's been awesome watching you this past year make the transition from college to the NFL. Keep it going, brother. Thanks for visiting. We'll do. Appreciate y'all for having me, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Quinn. Hell yeah! yeah. Watch There it was. Here we go. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion AJ Hawk. Yeah. What's going on, AJ? How you doing, pal? Oh, not much, man. I'm, I'm excited for Kurt Angle. Is he here yet? See, you can't do that every single time. <laughs> okay, that can't that can't be a thing. You know what I mean? Can't. Just ruin it. I'm excited for the guest. See, but we might have to stall a little bit longer. You know, like for instance, right now we are currently calling. So, you know, when as soon as you go, you know, I'm pumped for insert name of guest that's supposed to be on immediately. We are currently fidgeting around in the back, so there is a potential chance for stall. <laughs> so, I was going to potentially use that as like a hey, quick thoughts on big story of daytime, but every time you come in and go, "Where's Kurt?" That is that's an interesting start to the hour. You know what I mean? I got it. Very interesting. Hey, how about that Bucks boat parade? Oh, it looks lit. Okay, the Gronkowski boat is going to have a lot of content coming out of it. There's there's a lot of phones on there. Ain't that right, Cito? Yeah, it's official. Gronk has his shirt off now. Gronk is two minutes ago. And by the way, better put on sunscreen down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that that boat party will have you fried if you are a white. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is something that can. Congrats to all of them down there. I'll tell you what, that party. From looking at it from the outside, maybe want to go see if I can still turn a punt over or two for mm-hmm. the next year for the Buccaneers. Ooh. Or yeah, boat party is something they need to continue to do. Uh, let's pivot away from the NFL and turn to AJ, a man who is a Olympic gold medalist, one that with a broken freaking neck. Oh. Multiple-time WWF, WWE champion, a wrestling legend, both 
amateur wrestling and professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Kurt Angle. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all. Congrats on the launch of the Kurt Angle Show, which can be followed at The Angle Pod. When did you decide to launch a podcast? How's the show? Have you been enjoying it thus far? Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I wanted to do a, a show that would tell my story about succeeding, overcoming adversity. I mean, we're going through a rough time right now. This past year has been ridiculously horrible. And I wanted to send a positive message to listeners uh, that they can overcome adversity. They just have to hang in there and never give up. Were the four eyes uh, a real part of you? Like, to become an Olympic gold medalist, okay? Especially in wrestling. We were talking about hockey earlier. You grew up in uh, Pittsburgh, go hockey time. You know what I mean? You know Pittsburgh Penguins. Hockey is one of those, what's that? Oh, three eyes. That's on me. Fourth one, uh, impossible to be duplicated, Kurt Angle. Have a little bit of respect. <laughs> but whenever you're talking about hockey, uh, hockey's one of those sports like 5 a.m. They got to be on the ice skating, okay? So you got to put your body through absolute torture to become a professional hockey player. Wrestling, I think, is what? The ultimate. You got to put your body through torture to become the best, whether it's weight cutting, conditioning, cardiovascular. For you, you had broken your process of becoming the Olympic gold medalist. Now, the professional wrestling thing also awesome, but I would assume you talk a lot about the process of your amateur wrestling uh, success as well in that thing, Kurt? Yeah, so yeah, we, we are going to cover that as well. We started with WrestleMania 19, but we're going to go back and review Olympics. Um, we, we just did a podcast about my return to WWE for my retirement. Uh, we're we're going to continue to do different podcasts, but I am going to talk about my wrestling career, especially in the Olympics, because um, that that's that was the what defined me. That was uh, the moment in my life that that defined who Kurt Angle was, and uh, you know I turned out to be a, an Olympic gold medalist, and that's that's a huge deal. That's something I've been striving for since I was seven years old. Do you ever look back at the, the time that you were in amateur wrestling and when you were winning your gold medal and everything? Like, I feel like you were surrounded by savages everywhere. Like, what a, a golden era for amateur wrestling. Just people that are just iconic all around you. Does that, like, do you ever look at that now and realize, like, well, that was a pretty uh, solid crew I had around me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Our team was incredible. We, <laughs> we, we actually, um, if they would have had team score at the Olympics, we would have won. Uh, we had, I, I believe, uh, six medals, three gold, and two silver and a bronze, and uh, that that's huge out of ten weight classes. That's that's ridiculously huge. So, uh, you know, being a part of that team, Bruce Baumgartner and Kenny Monday, and uh, geez, uh, Les Gutchis. Uh, There's so many great talent: uh, Townsend Sanders, uh, Kendall Cross, the Brands Brothers. It was it was a great crew. We had. We had an all-star cast. It was uh, it was our, our our dream team for wrestling. You know, amateur wrestling. The interesting thing about it is it's the most commitment. Whenever you think about the high school wrestling team, and I remember just watching them in sweats, just jogging down the street every single. It just it never ended. I'm like those dudes. Like, <laughs> hey, I respect what yeah. you. Hey, I respect what you guys are doing. It's the biggest commitment. But then the only real professional, right, is. 
You go Olympics, so you hope you get sponsors, but there's no real league that happens. So it was professional wrestling, and now MMA and mixed martial arts has kind of become the thing. Was there ever that conversation whenever you were coming through the Olympics to potentially get into fighting, or was it always going to be professional wrestling at the time? No, no. uh, UFC approached me in 1997, I believe, and, um, you know, they they offered me a 10-fight deal, and the money wasn't that great back then. (laughs) I was going to get the highest deal and it was $15,000 a fight and that, you know, 150 grand for 10 fights. That's that, you know, I mean, it's still good money, but it's not (laughs) great money for, you know, for putting your body on the line like that. I mean, you're risking, you know, concussions and injuries and it's just, just too much. So um, I, I declined the offer. This was before Dana White purchased the company uh so i got into the ufc didn't explode till after i got in wwe and uh, that was around 2000 2001 is when the ufc exploded i came to wwe in 99 and uh being in there and i had a great rookie year incredible rookie year one of the best ever and i just felt like you know, I didn't want to start over again. I just got into a new career. And, you know, I even talked to Dana White when I left the WWE in 2006. And I asked him, uh, you know, would he be interested? And he flew me to Las Vegas. Uh, he's a great guy. He, he treated me very well and uh, very respectful. And he, you know, he told me that he wanted me to do one fight. And uh, you know, he went. He also wanted me to show up at every pay per view and kind of wave in the crowd and be there. And it, it was a, a lucrative deal. But I just signed with another company, a wrestling company, TNA, uh, Impact Wrestling. And I did. When I asked Dana if I could do both, because Impact Wrestling was part time, he said you can't do both. You have to do uh. one or the other. And I said, Oh man, I well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pass this time. So it never happened, and I'm glad it didn't because, you know, breaking my neck, you know, five times total. Uh, I don't mean to I laugh, but it's insane. It's insane. A lot of damage, yeah. And I didn't have any upper body strength. I mean, you know, if someone would have got me in an arm bar, I, there's no way I could fight it. It's, you know, they, they ripped my arm off. I, I literally couldn't do five push-ups at one time. It was, it was that bad. And uh, so I, I decided that that wouldn't be the best option for me. <laughs> I better stick with the entertainment stuff. <laughs> hey, so how do you feel now? What are you? You're barely fifty years old. You look great. Like, how do you feel after this life? I'm Fifty-two. Of, <laughs> Fifty-two. I'm a okay. You look amazing. I'm, 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 I'm okay. guessing most fifty-two-year-olds that you hang out with don't look anything <laughs> what you look like. So it's got to feel good. But I'm how do you so feel physically you. day to day? <laughs> well, I, I. Um, uh, I, I'm in the best shape of my life right now, but I, I've been dieting very hard and trying to take care of myself. My body's banged up. I, I, you know, I couldn't wrestle again. If, if anybody asked me to do it, there's just no way. I, my body's so beat up right now, and I, all I'm trying to do is rehabilitate it so that I'm healthy enough to live a normal life. And uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit depressing. I mean, you know, you, you get into a... Uh, you know, amateur wrestling, then you go pro wrestling and you wrestle a total of 40 years, uh, you know, you're going to do some damage on your body. And, you know, sometimes I regret what I did, but I, I can't regret. I can't look back because I had wonderful careers. Kurt, 
in the professional wrestling business, though, you're known as being the guy who every single night was WrestleMania. You know, like every time you went into the ring, it was like, hey, this is main event. This is main event. This is this is every single match. It didn't matter if it was a house show. It didn't matter if it was a TV tape. It didn't matter anything. Everybody says the reason why you're the greatest technical wrestler of all time in professional wrestling, it's because every single match you were trying to up yourself, it seemed like. Was there ever somebody that told you like, hey, let's go ahead and slow it down. Maybe we don't need to do the sprinting front flip uh, for 20 yards on a Wednesday night with, you know, a couple hundred thousand people watching. Let's save it for maybe millions of people watching. Was there ever that conversation throughout your professional wrestling career? Because it was awesome to watch as a fan. But I would assume for the people that were around you and in it, it's like, hey, mate, you are going to kill yourself in here if you don't slow it down a little bit. Did that ever come into play? Yeah, you know, Vince McMahon talked to me about it, told me I need to slow down the house shows, the untelevised shows, uh, you know, kind of uh, pour it on for the pay-per-views and TVs, but try to take it easy. I don't I don't have any, I, I can't do anything half-assed. So I, I everything has to be a completely 120% intense. Uh, that, that's just the way I, you know, the way I am. And, you know, even Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, Triple H, they told me, you need to slow down. And <laughs> I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I had to continue to be intense, technical. I wanted to be the best wrestler, in, including pro wrestler on the planet. Well, job well done. I think it's what everybody says about your career there. So congratulations on that. Now, I do believe I see you eating ostrich uh, jerky. I think I, I, I follow along. And also you're a big cereal advocate as well, which I also cereal advocate. This is maybe my favorite photo that has graced the internet in some time here, Kurt. I, I really enjoy what you're becoming here in retirement, boss. Uh, yeah, I'm taking it easy. I try not to have too many cheat days, but I, I gained a lot of weight and I had to lose it. This pandemic has really <laughs> annihilated my body. So I had to start uh, taking care of myself and eating better. And I've, I've got on a good diet, high protein, low carb diet. You spoke about your intensity and, you know, you just only know one way. Now, I know you've been on a lot of movie sets, TV sets. How does that intensity transfer over there and how do the actors how do they respond i'm guessing that you may spook a few people <laughs> well you know when i'm when i'm shooting yes uh you know but the the movie thing and tv shows they uh, there's a lot of sitting around so it's really hard to stay intense the whole time you know you're shooting a 12-hour day and you're probably only gonna shoot for 30 minutes total so Jeez. the other 11 and a half is getting Can't ready uh you know getting prepared uh studying the scripts and uh rehearsing and doing all that stuff so it's hard to be intense the whole time i mean i i don't want to i don't want to look like an a-hole and <laughs> you know have myself fired up the whole 12 hours <laughs> uh that that would not fare well i probably wouldn't get another movie part <laughs> favorite hey your favorite memory from your time professional wrestling we obviously we we had stone cold on a couple weeks ago and we watched all his youtube highlights okay and in a lot of those highlights is a hilarious kurt angle okay like a a very very hilarious kurt angle and a I, hilarious stone cold yeah exactly <laughs> there was very it was incredible content though 
And I think watching a couple of docs about you on the WWE Network and everything, the thought of you being heel, right, as this Olympic gold medalist face of America, like, hey, I just want a champion or a title for us. And instead, it's like you became this, oh, I'm better than everybody type thing because you did. Right. It was a brilliant character decision. But through that character, did you have any moments that you, you look back upon and you're like, that was my favorite thing we did? My first year was my favorite year, and it, it had a lot to do with uh, working, you know, with The Rock and Stone Cold, um, Undertaker. Uh, but 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 our skits with Stone Cold were just uh, priceless. Uh, you know, we, we had great chemistry, and I'm not afraid to make an ass out of myself. So <laughs> I was kind of like the idiot, you know, following Stone Cold around. And uh, it worked out really well. I, I, I don't think even Vince McMahon thought we'd have that kind of chemistry. And the crazy thing is when we'd be shooting the, the pre-tapes, Vince would say, Hey, if anybody laughs while we do this, you're fired. (laughs) 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 Because people were laughing before the the pre-tape was finished. So, you know, he was like, no more laughing. You can laugh afterward. And, we would do the pre-tape and everybody keep a straight face and afterward everybody be on the floor laughing. It was just, it was just hilarious. Uh, some of the stuff that came out of Austin's mouth and my mouth, it wasn't scripted. Uh, th- there was an idea of what we wanted to do. And Vince, you know, just told us, explained to us what, you know, what we wanted to talk about. Uh, there wasn't any real scripts. It was just back and forth content. And uh, I just had incredible chemistry with Austin and McMahon. Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, that, that, there, what? Oh, God, that's irritating. Promos <laughs> <laughs> and the fans would scream what every time I'd pause. <laughs> what? <laughs> that brings back bad memories. <laughs> what? No, I am very. I would never do that again to you, Mr. Engel. Uh, Ty, what do you have? Kurt, you mentioned uh, how much you enjoyed your first year. How long did it take you to like really adjust from amateur wrestling to professional wrestling and like the entertainment aspect uh, of all of it? Well, you know, amazingly, I picked it up very quickly. I, I, I only trained. I started in late 98, and uh, I trained for about, you know, eight months, and uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of intense training. It was actually, you know, some sometimes it was, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, guys. Okay. What the hell? Is this a photo of me? Is that, that supposed to be up there? Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I had a text come in. It was blocking my view. Oh, all good. Oh, Please. It was great. It was going cold. So what was I saying? You were talking about uh, training, but your first eight months you trained before your first match, and it wasn't always physically training. I think you were going to lead into maybe like the psychology or something. Well, you know what? I, I still didn't learn the psychology. When, when I started on TV, it was about a year after I started training. So um, I, I actually uh, – yeah, yeah, it was about a year. So – I actually still didn't know how to work in the ring. I, I knew how to bump. I knew how to sell. But I didn't know how to tell a story, the psychology of wrestling. So every time I'd wrestle, the, my opponent would lead me through the match. Uh, I'm not sure why Vince McMahon uh, rushed me through. I think there were a lot of injuries, and he saw a lot of talent in me. And uh, so he 
decided to, you know, he told me, he said, you know, we're going to put you out there. You're either going to sink or swim. And, uh, you know, thank God I swam. And, uh, you know, so I, I didn't pick it up till after I won my first world title against the rock at no mercy in 2000. So about two years afterward, I started coming into my own and coming up with my own psychology and, and my own structure, my matches and stuff. So, uh, it took a little while, but I learned on the job, which is crazy. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you have to do that when you're called up. Ronda Rousey's another example. She had to do that as well. And? And? Uh, <laughs> Pat McAfee. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I was nowhere near. I made a debut. I made a debut in the ring, Kurt. And I literally thought to myself, if I'm in anywhere near the conversation of Kurt and Ronda, I feel good about it. And if they're talking about me like, some of the others, not good about it. So I found, I found somewhere in the middle there, it was good news. Connor, what do you have? Kurt, were you always telling people you suck and that's why it just landed on uh, and worked so well in the WWE? Or when and how did you come up with that? Actually, I, I didn't say you suck. A, a wrestler, a superstar, WWE superstar, his name's Edge. He, you know, whenever I would come out with my entrance music, you know, it says, it, it sounds like da da. Da, 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 da. You suck. You suck. Yeah. The fans were. Hold on. Don't say that. <laughs> That's not right. The fans were chanting "Angle." Oh. And then, and then Edge came out one night when I was in the ring when I was a heel. He said they shouldn't chant "Angle." They should chant "You suck." <laughs> and that—that's when it started. And uh, that's. You know, and, and the crazy thing is, the more mad I acted, the louder they got. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it was awesome. It was great, great uh, storytelling. My wife uh, got into wrestling whenever we started, uh, we got together or whatever. And you were coming out during that time for like, it was like a retirement run. And then one last thing, and you would always come out and uh, the entire crowd, obviously chanting, you suck to you. And you <laughs> yeah. like doing the whole thing. I think it was like the perfect introduction to wrestling to my wife. It was like, yeah, they like this guy. Well, why are they saying you suck? <laughs> well, it's just like a thing. <laughs> it's just, that's just kind of what wrestling is, you know? So Kurt, I appreciate Sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I appreciate all of your sacrifices for our entertainment. The Kurt Angle Thank Show, a uh, new podcast you just launched. Can't wait to download it and listen to it. I hope the rest of the world does. We appreciate the hell out of you, Kurt. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And no problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Angle. 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 Yeah, you sucks much better. <laughs> much, much, much better in that whole thing. I want to let you know that um, Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And for a lot of guys, that can mean added pressure to perform. Luckily, with Roman, you can relax. Hell yeah. Oh. Whether you're dealing with ED or you're more concerned about lasting longer in a sack, Roman's got you covered. For a limited time, Roman has special offers to make sure you're ready for Valentine's Day. Get up. Get up. Get up now. Get up. Get up. It's $35 off your first month of ED treatment. It's not supposed to be read. Podcast. Oh, no. Oh, boy. That's podcast read. I can clip that.
Congrats to GetRoman.com slash USA. You can start it at GetRoman.com slash USA to get started. Get up to $35 off your first month of ED treatment. So does ED treatment come at different prices? Like, uh, you're going to need a lot more. Okay, you get $35 off. You have this. Uh, like, how does that work? I'm not 100% yeah. sure. But you can go find out and take care of your problem. Mm. Get up. Get $35 off your first month of ED treatment when you go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Complete your online visit by February 10th for guaranteed delivery by Valentine's Day. For a limited time, get up to $35 off your ED treatment if prescribed. And if you purchase swipes, you'll get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Oh, oh right up in that. Really? While, while supplies last. Shout out to them. All right, so for a limited time, you get up to thirty-five dollars off your first month of ED treatment if prescribed. Okay, so you can't just be self-diagnosing. No, no, no. no. You, can't, you can't be like, "Hey, what's going on, diner?" No. Gotta see the doc. But anyways, you get prescribed that. That is the place to go. And if you purchase swipes, you get a free bottle of lube added to your order. Woo. Order by February tenth, guaranteed by Valentine's so Day. Nice Guys, spice up the Lovers Day. Let's go! Hell yeah. <laughs> A lot of things happening in the sports world. Where is Russell Wilson going? Does he want out of Seattle or is that just noise surrounding Russell Wilson? Adrian Peterson allegedly wants to go down and play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, celebrating with his Tom Brady jersey, saying, hey, listen, I still got it. They rode me in Detroit. Now, we didn't win a lot of games, but I had a lot of yards and made a lot of plays alongside Matthew Stafford. I still got it. Don't you worry about it. Just like everybody else down there, I've taken care of my body. I'm ready to get a ring. Go on and bring me in there, which is interesting because Leonard Fournette is a free agent. Will he go get paid somewhere else, or will he negotiate a deal to come back to the Buccaneers after what he did in the playoff and then what he did in the Super Bowl and what he did for my parlay specifically on Sunday might warrant a massive contract from somebody or a big contract from somebody. Will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do that knowing that a lot of people want to get to town like Adrian Peterson, for instance. Now, is Adrian Peterson the same guy that was with the Minnesota Vikings, MVP, rushing for 2,000 yards? I don't think he is the exact same guy, but is he still a very good running back in the NFL? I think so. And if he knows that he's potentially running for a ring, look out AP, AD all day. That sounds like something I could really get behind. But... Will that happen? Who knows? There's a lot of other shit going on. Dak Prescott was kept out of the 2021 Cowboys hype video that they released on social media. Was that on purpose? Was that negotiation? Was that leverage? Or was that a sign of things to come in Dallas? He's not under contract, so I would assume social media video editor uh, paid to get views and do things for the team. Uh, did not put him in there because he's not officially under contract. And instead of getting the internet backlash that editor would have got, instead they would have got backlash from Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones would have said, is he under contract for next season? And he would have said, no. He said, well, why is he in the damn, what is it, hot video? (laughs) Is it lit? Is it turned up? I don't get cramps in my hands writing checks, but I do when I slap motherfuckers that put me in a bad position. (laughs) There was a no-win situation, but I do like the fact that NBC Sports Washington D.C., home of the Washington football team, was the ones that noticed that and stirred the pot a bit. Deshaun Watson's situation still happening. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke signs a two-year, eight-point-some million-dollar deal with incentives on top of it after a wild playoff performance as the trigger man for the Washington football team. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Heineke. 
Heineke played incredible football in a playoff game with all eyes on him. Mm -hmm. uh, Dwayne Haskins was cut. Alex Smith was hurt. Taylor Heineke stepped in and made plays. He looked like Shane Falco on this, <laughs> making throws, running around. It seemed like he had his teammates playing inspired football. Chase Young actually was mic'd up saying this dude makes big plays. That's what this guy does or something. Heineke said that's what I do or whatever. Is this the perfect situation for Ron Rivera? He has a quarterback that he's paying $4 million to over the next couple years. Is he going to be their starter in Washington, or will Washington be in the market for one of the other quarterbacks with a potential Alex Smith still coming back to play for Washington? The interesting thing between Taylor Heineke and his situation, though, is nine years ago today, Jeremy Lin had one good half. Okay? He had one good half where he was electrifying. He was getting the ball passed to him by teammates who didn't even know his name before the game started. An injury got him into the lineup, and what he did with it was go absolutely ham. For the next month or so, he did it with the Knicks. Then he automatically gets signed somewhere else to a big contract. Houston, I believe, he goes down to Houston. Then he's in L.A. Then he goes to, I, I think, overseas in place. Makes all this money because of this one little run where that went crazy. Congrats to Jeremy Lin yeah. and Lin Sanity. I was a part of the, the Lin Sane po uh, uh, fan posse. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. The Lin Sane fan posse. Yeah. Instead of the... You get it. But anyways, Taylor Heineke, same thing. This guy had one game. Now he gets eight point some million dollars. Yeah. It's like whenever you're practicing and you think to yourself, okay, I make this shot, I get eight million dollars. Okay, I in practice, I make this throw, they're going to pay me eight million dollars. That literally happened yeah. to Heineke and Jeremy Lin. And now their lives are potentially changed forever. That's why you always got to be ready. So you don't have to get ready. Mm -hmm. So when the moment comes, you're ready. And that's what Taylor Heineke and Jeremy Lin taught us. Nine years apart from wow. each other. Crazy. Wow. Jeremy Lin's still uh, doing it. Where at? He's uh, in the G League. He's on the Santa Cruz Warriors. He, he was on right before we, uh, right before we uh, came in here, actually. Yeah, NBA champion. Too. Yeah. With the Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had some time in Atlanta as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Playing? Journeyman. Is he playing? Yeah. Well, he's, he's starting. Yeah, he's a big locker room guy, too. In the G League? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, in the G League, he started. Correct. <laughs> Okay, let's go back to all the other teams we talked about. Jeremy Lin playing in the NBA? Toronto, he got you some know, you know, here and there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was gaining shots up. Yeah. Hey, he was a big, come on, boys. I think he was at the end of every line. No, listen, hey, I'm all about the, the glue guy. Yeah. You need a glue yeah. guy, yeah. team guy. But what I'm saying is when he had his opportunity, when he had his moment, he took advantage of it. He was on the cover of Time Magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he got his whole thing. That's what you got. Taylor Heineke, same story. When he had his moment, took advantage of it. All mm -hmm. eyes were on him, playoff football. Played probably the best football he's ever played in his life. Now he's getting paid for it a few months. Not as much as, you know, the starting top-tier quarterbacks, mm -hmm. but $8.7 million. I would assume Taylor Heineke had no idea that was potentially in the very near future in football when it, what, week 13, week 14 of the NFL season this past year? Yeah. And all of a sudden he's a multi-million dollar guy. Yeah, a little bit better than his backup XFL contract, I would assume probably making like 45k like not too long ago no if hold that. on they had slotted contracts in that xfl didn't they because the quarterbacks uh, the, the starting oh. quarterbacks were slotted above everyone they else. had I something don't know in about every him, other though. position heineke though would have been in there potentially with like starting punter 
with the way the XFL's yeah. contract was really? set up. I think if you're backup quarter, unless they paid, they paid some people, right? They paid yeah. uh, Cardell, Cardell. Like a million, I thought. Mm-hmm. And who else? They paid uh, Landry Jones, I think. Yeah, Smart. for the Dallas squad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stoops. Stoops got paid. He's actually an investor, I think, right? Didn't they yeah. give him a percentage of the mm-hmm. of the league or whatever? I'm still looking well, for it. I believe he is owed money. Yeah, that percentage, unfortunately. Is The Rock pay it? No. So whenever you buy a team, a, a f- operation, you organization, assume that debt. You assume the debt. Yeah. So Dwayne oh. Johnson's paying Mike Stoops right now. So Teremana is paying Mike Stoops right now. Teremana, yeah. Stoops. But did they file bankruptcy? Because once you file bankruptcy. Those people are owed. But if you're bought in the bankruptcy process, do yeah, you went, pick up the. I think it went to auction before true bankruptcy, right? Was it, that the deal? Yeah, it, it, it's like, do you assume the debt? I would assume. That you assume the company and the debt. I'm not 100 percent certain, but The Rock works hard on anybody, so he knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean he's he's got Stoops' shared just sitting in one of his bedrooms. He could just hand to him. The Rock. Yeah. At this point, I think so. Mm-hmm. In just one of his gyms that he has in what seems to be every country in the world, yeah. Oh, yeah. he has more money than what is probably owed to Stoops through that XFL debt. Assumed all debt aside from all of her Lux contract. Of course. Yeah, that was being handled in, <laughs> yeah. in separate, litigation separate. somewhere yeah. else. That's, what, $25 million uh-huh. or something? Mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson's like, I ain't smelling what that's. There, <laughs> there ain't none of that going it's on. you, Vince. Uh, There's a lot of overreaction, obviously, after the Super Bowl. Normally, we get a chance to get to it. I put a hashtag out there. Please overreact and use hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but, and we want to hear it from everybody. We got some great ones. Evan Foxy picked them out. Let's go through the Twitterverse overreacting to what happened on Sunday, Evan Fox. Pat, I don't want to overreact, but... Okay, that's interesting because I forgot that it was want to. I thought it was wanna. You know, hashtag mm. Pat, I don't wanna overreact, mm. but... And I'm just now seeing in the graphic that we had made, because this is our only segment, it is want to. And that's very interesting that Twitter made both available to me, the person that created the hashtag, (laughs) and I chose the wrong one. I feel like that is a potential flaw in the Twitter verse that that does happen. That is interesting. Yeah. It happened yesterday with uh, the PMS gaming show. PMS big gaming show. Yeah, we had to change it, though, remember? Because we are a big gaming show. By the way, we're giving away so many chairs. Congrats Mm -hmm. to everybody that won. I can't wait to get him out of here. <laughs> Let's get to a couple Foxy. Yes, please. Um, hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but any qualified QB, Rodgers, Mahomes, Stafford, Mayfield, could have won or came close to a Super Bowl with the team the Bucks built, says Alex Olsen at AO Rainmaker. Now, this is classic sports talk question here. If any good quarterback played quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win a Super Bowl? That's what they would have asked on the bottom. That would have been the lower third of everything like that. And the interesting thing about that is, so you're saying Jameis Winston is not a good quarterback then. You're saying he's bad quarterback because Jameis Winston was there just a year beforehand and put up similar numbers, a lot of incep- everything except for the interceptions, and uh, they, they, they did not win at all. Now, with the team that they assembled, was it because – Tom Brady was there, that the team was assembled, and then do you just plug and place anybody else and have the same outcome? I don't think so, uh, especially with Gronk and Antonio Brown, who are two of the game's best who had a falling out or were out of the league for a little bit. So I, I think you have to give Tom Brady the credit where the credit is due, not only for how he performed this year, which, by the way, 
40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Yeah. Whoa. Incredible fucking stats this year. Had more deep balls I think he's ever thrown in his entire life. There was a narrative that he couldn't throw the deep ball anymore. It was his first year in a new offense, and they weren't allowed to eat lunch together. I mean, it was he had a hell of a fucking year. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to give the guy flowers. Even if you hate him, you have to give him flowers. And if you say it's for the team, like a lot of people said, he helped create the team. He right. was yeah. the team. So it's like, how can you not give him credit for all of those things? If you're, if you're going to give Bill Belichick the credit for being head coach and GM, only when it fits the right narrative, right? So it only, whenever the team is winning and it's good, it's, they remember, this guy's the head coach and the GM. Then when they're bad, it's like, well, they have a bad roster or whatever. It's like, well, are we not going to continue to talk about how there's one person that is the head coach and the general manager? You have to do this for Tom. He's a great player. But also, he was a big factor in why great players came to Tampa, so you also have to add that in as a benefit for Tom over anybody else, in my particular opinion, Diggs. Yeah, in that list of quarterbacks he listed, obviously Aaron and Patrick Mahomes are going to have similar, if not more, success with that team. Stafford, maybe the same. But putting Baker Mayfield in that list of four quarterbacks is a fucking (laughs) wild move. I don't mind that move. I liked it a lot, actually, because he was strictly for you. Uh, We're getting video here out of Tampa Bay, who is currently holding a boat parade in the river downtown. They're all on boats. Oh, nice. We're supposed to have Scotty Miller on the show today, actually, but it was scheduled during the boat. And although that would have been a great call, I want Scoot to enjoy the shit out of himself. There's no reason to be worrying about doing phone calls or conversations or holding words while you're out there. I guess everybody's in a boat, and Tom Brady just arrived in his new $2 million Super Bowl boat. Wow. So imagine that moment, by the way. Uh, You got AQ probably on a pontoon. Uh AQ's probably out there on a pontoon. And Tom Brady showed up in a $2 million boat (laughs) with police escorting him down. I mean, this is, hey, AQ, get your little fucking pontoon out of the way. Okay. God, maybe strap yours onto the back of this thing, AQ. Ride the rip of our wave here. That's awesome. This is what Tampa should do, though. Tampa can yes. do this. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else can do this. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, what's going to happen? People are just going to line the river? Or are they expecting everybody to be in the buildings kind of looking down yeah, out there? Looks like they're lining Apparently, the right Gronk there. boat is crazy right now. Very lit. Oh, I would assume so. That Gronkowski family, I do not believe they're fake either. I think they do act like that all the time. Yeah, oh, yes, for sure. I, I do believe that is mm-hmm. an all-the-time thing. You know, uh, Ronald Jones said Gronk was up there doing his thing. Yep. So, you know. And you just know what that means. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, anytime that is, uh, oh, Boston Connor was up there doing his thing, it's like, okay, what, he's sawing somebody down? Like, what is he? Screaming at somebody? Is he screaming at oh, What's he doing? Is he being a scumbag up there? I hope not, by the way. I, don't, I hope people don't think like that. I don't wow. think like that. But I'm just saying, whenever somebody says, oh, uh, Gronk was up there doing his thing, everybody's like, oh, we kind of know what that is. Yeah. Like, he was just dancing drunk yep. and screaming and having mm-hmm. the time of his life up there. We saw it at the 2019 Super Bowl party. He had his own. He had Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. He was on stage. He was twerking. He was doing everything. We know what that is. I know he's not allowed to uh, hold the trophy anymore, but imagine if he had, had it just it sunk to the bottom of the whatever water that is. Oh, yeah, because Dropped they it. just left a dent in the one Lombardi, right, that he yeah, hit the baseball for Metalman yeah. at. Well, they didn't just leave it. They couldn't, they couldn't get it out. <laughs> no, they yeah, yeah, you got you to get plunger. a guy down the road. You get a plunger yeah, on that thing. Hot water. You will get that thing out there. It's different with the Lombardi. No, nah, no, nah, you just put a plunger out there and it's it just pull it out. Insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, easy. No. That's easy. I've, I pulled out dents bigger than that before. (laughs) Much bigger than that before. (laughs) What was that, Nick? You were going to say something? I was just very curious to see what uh, Body Water Zito thought that was. Uh, The boat's in? Gulf of Mexico. Okay. 
that is near Tampa, but that is not what they're in. I, I don't think the Gulf of Mexico runs through the city. I do believe it's a river. It's a canal? Uh, a canal is what? Just an ex- uh, smaller river? Man-made, a yeah. smaller river. <laughs> the, uh, I was, I was allegedly man-made? found in a canal. Oh, yeah. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. It is pretty nasty, but it led to a river. <laughs> It yeah. led to a river, allegedly. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Mm. This river, though, what is the river they're on? I saw it in the I, announcement. I did too. Hillsborough River. It's the Hillsborough River. Oh, so that Pittsburgh. One, that one? No, not Pittsburgh. That one runs from Hillsborough County over there in Tampa, right down to the Gulf. Actually, oh. it, it feeds into the Gulf. Actually, shout out the Bucks for doing their parade in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pretty warm over the people. <laughs> hey, by the way, the Buckos in Pittsburgh ain't never going to have a fucking parade because that family that owns the team stinks. <laughs> What's their name? The Nuttings. Mm-hmm. They stink. Stink. Pittsburgh Pirates suck. Stink. They'll come around. Huh? They'll come around. No. They need a Tom Brady to fly into town and redraft their entire squad. Yeah. Exactly. Bring in Trout. No, you know what? We need Barry Bonds back. Ooh. That's right. Get Mark McGuire out of that hitting coach fucking position he has. Come on back. Mm-hmm. Let's just get the old school bombers. Bring in Giambi. No testing. Let our team play. Let the boys play. Let them play. Let them take PEDs. Let's go to Robin in New York City. What's going on, Robin? Oh, no. Robin. Traffic's crazy. Where are we, you think? It's a helicopter. This is New York City there. Hey, New York, by the way, 10% of uh, stadiums and sports venues are allowed to uh, let uh, 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 capacity. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Saw that with restaurants, too, over there. (laughs) What's that? I think 25% in restaurants as well. I mean, Robin, what's going on, Robin? (laughs) Robin. Yo, what's good, Pat? Hey, how you doing, man? What do you want to talk about, Bo? Hey, uh, you know, as a Jets fan, life sucks, you know? So, uh, you know what, what would make me happy? Hmm. If you put Nick Casario in one of those old, big-ass chokeholds and tell him to trade Deshaun right now. Oh, you're, you're talking, you are you want me to? Ah! Oh! I didn't lock it in, by the way. I didn't cinch it in. I kind of got lazy on the reach there. That's on me. He didn't get put out. Deshaun to the Jets would be fantastic. I mean, that would be absolutely fantastic for Jets fans. But right now, the interesting story is the Texans aren't aren't trading him. They say he is not available for trade. The, Nick Casario came out in uh, Coach Dave's press conference on a Zoom call and said, uh, we are not interested in trading the player. We are not interested in trading the player. Now, it's alleged Josh McCown is the head coach in waiting. I guess that's what people just understand. So Coach Dave is kind of just uh, mentoring Josh McCown into becoming the head coach down there. We've had Josh McCown on this show. Great hair, yes. great dude, great oh, yeah. conversation. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if he knows what he's signing up for down there at the Houston, Texas organization, as does anybody. But their president just resigned today after 20-some years in the building. He doesn't like what's going on. He wanted to resign earlier in the year, but they asked him to maintain so they didn't look as bad for the Houston Texans. They look bad down there. Ain't nobody going to want to play down there. They're dead. Sell the team. Sell the team. Sell the team. Sell them. Sell the team. Why don't Jets Stink. fans realize that now that Gase is gone, Darnold is going to be Joe Montana? That is something to think about whenever you think about Sam Darnold potentially becoming an Indianapolis Colt or a Chicago Bear or a Las Vegas Raider or any Broncos, any mm-hmm. team that is potentially in the quarterback market at this point. The thing about Darnold is if you look, hey, the direct comparison, direct comparison, Ryan Tannehill. Had Adam Gase, he stunk. Bad. Terrible. Not good at football. No. Got a contract. Mm -hmm. Won some games. Not top-tier quarterback. Nowhere near it. This guy's going to fizzle out. 
This was not the right move for the Dolphins. He goes to Tennessee. Mariota gets benched. Ryan Tannehill comes in. He, out from underneath the Adam Gase umbrella, gets in there with Vrabel, you know, mm-hmm. one of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> they have a good offense uh, that, that Arthur Smith is running down there. And he just... He goes. He becomes stud. $100 million quarterback. Talking about this guy is maybe the most efficient quarterback in the NFL when you start looking at the stats. And obviously, Derrick Henry helps that entire thing. The Dolphins didn't have that. But the direct comparison to Ryan Tannehill, getting out from underneath the Adam Gase umbrella and really playing great football. Why not Sam Darnold? Why not Sam Darnold? So people were asking, you know, hypotheticals. For a lot of different teams, would you rather Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz? I think for the Colts, I I do believe you potentially see with that contract that Sam Darnold has, which is still a rookie contract. Let's see if this guy's got it or not. Yeah. And, and we we save his life out of uh, yeah. New York. He hated it there, you know. Get him something new out here in Indy. He's slinging it. Got a good offensive line. You can redo his deal now. It's like a whole new thing. But with Carson Wentz, that money's already coming. That was a deal that was already done beforehand. So that's why I think you have to think about maybe Sam Darnold over Carson Wentz. I'm not a GM, but maybe maybe that's the right decision with the contract in tow that you're thinking about. Yeah. So he's due to make nine million his fourth year in the league, but he was a first round pick. So if you trade for a player, can you pick up his fifth-year option if he wasn't? If you didn't draft him, do you have any idea about? That? And when do you have to pick the fifth-year option? Ooh. In his fourth year, I believe. Or is it before the fourth year? It's Ooh. before the fourth year. I think yeah, you have to pick the fifth-year option because the player has to know whether or not they're going into their free True. agency that was year. A Mitch, that's what happened. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was after the, the third, third week or something. Third week, if I remember I correctly. Whatever the case, we should be able to do it because we just assume as if we. We had him from Jump Street whenever mm-hmm. you trade him or whatever. And Gase got rid of, you know, Darnold's only weapon, Bobby Anderson. You know, he let him go. Yeah. Hey, that Gase guy. He's wild. It's wild that he's had a gig or three. You know what I mean? At this point, it, it, it is not making much sense to me. His teams stink. Always. Always stink. I mean, and he's going to get another job. He's going to get a, a, probably a pretty good job next, which is just wild. But that's the way it goes. What's that, Gumpy? There's just no time off in between his jobs either, like – Lots of coaches, they're dog shit. You'll see him disappear for a year or two. He just went straight from the Dolphins to the Jets, and now he's going to go somewhere else. Where's he going to go? Is there any rumors of where he's going to end up at? Uh, Patriots quarterback coach for a long time. That was a rumor. So that's not and that Bama. big of a gig, though, I guess, right? And isn't isn't Bill O'Brien doing Bama? Or? Yeah, yeah he's, Bama, yeah, he's going to Bama. Yeah. Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone are currently mm-hmm. at Bama. Yes. <laughs> Bill O'Brien Whoa. moves out of Houston. Goes right down there in Alabama. Roll Tide. Let's go, boys. Let's go ahead and get a win, huh? We were calling him Billy O'Stooge. We might be wrong. Yeah, Billy O'Clue, it I seems mean, he was like. still. No, no, no. We don't know. I, we were, I, I mean, I, we was, watched we No, we do not know. We, we were wrong. I would like we to let it be known that I'm listening. I was yelled at whenever I continued to go after um, Alberto Riveron. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was informed through a medium from Alberto Riveron uh, in our friend Mike Pereira. Mike Pereira. I almost called it uh, Carrera. That would have been very rude because <laughs> Pereira is an electric factory. But anyways, he told me like, hey, 
they're only allowed to overturn calls that are like egregious. They're living by a different code. So whenever I was going after our uh, Alberto River on this entire time about the reversal of uh, pass interference and ruining the rule, basically, which I thought was a good rule. I thought you should be able to challenge pass interference because it's so damn big. And I was ta- attacking Alberto River. I'm like, hey, it's not the concept. It was the execution. OK, mm-hmm. we need somebody else to be in there. Let's get the Xbox controller in there yeah. like the XFL has. Let's talk about it. And I was like, Alberto River on is an absolute stooge. Then Pereira comes in and goes like, hey, Alberto Riveron is playing by a different set of rules than everybody. So like, maybe you need to pipe down on the guy. I'm like, okay, as I've learned new information, I would like to potentially maybe take the pedal off, take the foot off the gas pedal on Alberto Riveron. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that I've learned more. With Billy O'Brien, I think we kind of have to do the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if the J.J. Watt fight that practice allegedly, which who knows if we'll ever get the real answer out of. I assume at some point as people are leaving, they will talk about what happened there. But what if the fight was actually with Bill O'Brien about what was going on at the organization and J.J. Watt was like, I can't talk about it because it wasn't about Bill O'Brien. It was actually about the fucking owner of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what if there was that situation and we were just blaming Billy O. Stooge for this entire thing. What if the DeAndre Hopkins fourth round pick, because Billy O. Stooge was also the GM and everything, is like, this guy's an absolute idiot. What if it wasn't him, though? What if it was yes. they were forcing him to do that? Mm. And we're attacking this guy, like this guy, and he's probably watching it. And he's like, well, somebody fucking tell McAfee yeah. that this is not how this is going, much like Alberto Riveron did. So maybe we were wrong about Bill Bryant. And I would like to, at this particular point, now that more information has been continuing to come out about how big of a clusterfuck the Texans organization is. Maybe we don't call him Billy O'Stooge anymore. I agree. I agree. You know? Maybe he got railroaded in this particular situation. It certainly sounds that way. Maybe this chaplain he knew in New England came down to Houston all of a sudden and started bossing him around. He's like, this fucking guy? We've seen him handle business before. (laughs) Like, he's got used to be coming and doing things. Maybe Bill O'Brien has been misrepresented in this entire situation now that we're learning that the Houston Texans organization seems to be one massive dumpster fire at the case that I'm not sure at the current situation, I'm not sure Casario can get in there with a big enough fire hose and put everything out. I don't know if Coach Dave, with all his years of experience, are going to be able to turn that thing around. It seems like that is a massive problem. Will it be able to be fixed? Maybe it's the NFL. Some great players will come through. Maybe they'll be able to get a good team and they'll be able to get going and everything like that. Maybe they'll be able to do that. But at the time, I think we have to potentially think about not judging Bill O'Brien as harshly now that we know that that entire place was potentially just completely fucked up from oh, the yeah. beginning. Especially when he's going to have a you know national championship ring on his finger well, this yeah, time ne- next year. <laughs> we're never going to know. We're never going to know. I think we will. He'll come out. I think people will start coming out more and he more. He should have already done it then. Well, I think... No trade clause. No compete or, oh, yeah. or uh, uh, non-disclosure. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of nons in there whenever you decide to leave somewhere. Force majeure. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a problem. <laughs> Force majeure has changed mightily because of Uncle COVID. Which, by the way, I think is just done, right? Is COVID done? I mean. Well, if New York's opening back up. <laughs> Texas Tech was rocking last night. Oh, by the way, let's go, West Virginia. Yeah. Let's go, Mountaineers. Take it home. 
Mountaineers are a good team this year. Hell yeah. Playing, ball team. playing much different basketball than normally. Normally it's press Virginia. Coach Huggins has his team do full court press all the time. In whatever he was recruiting players and everything like that, he was looking like, hey, what players can play defense for the entire court? Who has good position? I actually heard him speak at uh we had a, a fall something. It was whenever he first got the head coaching job. And we had just had Beeline, right? So we just had Beeline. Uh, I guess maybe Dockage was potentially a head coach for a second or two. And then Huggins came in, or maybe that was even beforehand. But I was there whenever Huggins like spoke basically to a lot of the boosters that were there for the football banquet that we were at or whatever. And he just he basically made fun of everybody on the team's defensive um, positioning. Like uh, he doesn't really know how to get into a defensive stance. Uh, he's not a bad player. He he also does not know how to get into a defense. <laughs> awesome. So it was almost like he came in and was like his big thing is like, hey, we are going to lock this thing down. Smack the court, full court, press Virginia, here we go. Yeah. And whenever he got into March Madness in the tournament, by the way, it had a lot of success because teams, if you're not used to playing against it, and you don't have big, it's, it gets after you. So Hugs was always an animal in the tournament. Like West Virginia was always going to have a presence, it felt like. As a West Virginia you know, basketball fan, it was like, okay, we are going to have a team in March. So we would lose games during the regular season. It was like, who cares? We get in a tournament, Hugs team will be able to do some things. Much different basketball this year out of this team. And, mm. and I don't know if this has been the last couple years. Maybe I missed it. He's got athletes playing right now in hugs, and they play their dogs on defense, and they get going. West Virginia might have a sleeper. Now, now Baylor is very fucking good, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga is very good. But that West Virginia team, if Hugs just drops that press in every once in a while, too, whenever he gets into the tourney, I mean, they could be a problem. And I'm pumped to ride that wave and act as if, you know, I'm like the biggest West Virginia basketball fan of all time. I'm not, but I like seeing them win. Yeah. You love watching Beating games. Texas Tech last night was awesome. And their coach having an epic oh. kick out where in the middle of yelling and ranting at referees, while crowd is cheering him on, he takes a flop basically on the court. <laughs> then he goes and gives Coach Hugs a fist bump, and then he leaves yeah. and then he exits stage left. It was awesome, Coach Beard. Uh, but I'm excited for a West Virginia basketball team. Big win last night. That was a lock, by the way. Everybody knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Six and a half point dogs. They led from start to finish. They got shooters too. Yeah, we got a guy. Hurt. Our guy got hurt. Culver or whatever. Or not hurt. Foul trouble. Foul trouble. Yeah. Yeah, he was out. Didn't even phase him. They kept rolling. Hey, let's go. Boys look good. They do look good out there. That is the next thing, too. March Madness. Oh, here we go. Here. Yeah. It's here, dude. Yeah, we won't be able to see it. This chair's fucking with me. You know why? Because <laughs> all those other chairs came in. And yeah. It's, it's like Carson Wentz of chairs. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Carson Wentz of chairs right here. Losing its uh, confidence. Got a couple Jalen's out there, and all of a sudden, this thing just doesn't even know how to sit anymore. Loves God. Let's go to Jonah in Ohio. What's going on, Jonah? Pat, boys, what's up? Hey, second time caller. I called uh, last week and my service cut out. Uh, oh, Jonah, how are we on this beautiful Wednesday? Jonah, Bible name. Remember? Yeah. Had a full yeah. conversation. You never mm -hmm. answered. Yeah. Oh, Great yeah. to chat with you, Jonah. How you doing? Good, man. Hey, actually, my name, it is in the Bible, but my parents got it from the famous movie Sleepless in Seattle. You got mail. Different movie. Yeah, a couple different movies. <laughs> really? Yeah. But, yeah, they were screaming around for the boy, Jonah, Jonah, and my mom was half asleep, and she sprouted up, and she was like, that's the name, and I was in her belly, and I was like, oh, shit, all right, sounds good. Okay, well, hey, pumped to hear about that. Great movie, by the way. It was a great movie. I've never seen it. Neither yeah. has Zito, obviously. <laughs> I get those confused. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Jonah? Hey, right. I just wanted to see if you got the chance to watch the Tiger documentary on HBO. 
Th great question, Jonah. Appreciate that. I assume you have at this point. I have as well. I didn't want to watch the Tiger Woods documentary because I heard Tiger Woods' people did not like it, mm -hmm. okay? So if Tiger Woods was like, I'm very against this, and then the previews you were seeing just like scandalous, the opening scene is him walking in handcuffed barefoot after the whole situation. So I thought it was going to be an expose. I didn't really want to watch it because like, you know, I, I, like I just... I don't want to, like, okay, if we're just going to show all the bad, we also need to talk about how this guy completely transformed the mm -hmm. sport of golf. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, he got people interested in golf that would never in a million years be interested in golf. And I don't want to say this and sound like it's a smack in the mouth to anybody in golf, but I think viewing as somebody from a working class, I think John Daly and Tiger Woods were probably the two, I think, that reached the most amount of people to come into the sport of golf. And there will probably be others that I assume uh, younger people that have done that and everything like that. But back in the day, John Daly, whenever he showed up, everybody was like, oh, we got a drunk playing for us. Like, this is, <laughs> this is our guy. You know what I mean? A, a blue-collar golfer from a blue-collar town mm -hmm. doesn't know what he's lost doesn't know what he's found but i thought there was a chance that that entire thing was just going to be a hit piece on tiger so i didn't want to watch it i'm like i'm not doing it i just like to i'll just bebop through that and just kind of keep it moving i know he fucked up okay they're letting him golf again so it couldn't have been too i mean it's definitely terrible but it couldn't have been you know cancellation terrible mm -hmm. so i don't want to just see a documentary series burying a guy for everything he's ever done bad. I just don't want to do that. Then Nick watch it because that is something I think Nick would be intrigued to kind of see or whatever. I love the truth. Yeah. Champion for the truth. Yeah. Got to get it out there let everyone know. Yeah, and the issue with the truth is you, you, people that pick and choose to tell which truths to tell, that is the narrative thing. But you're 100% right. You are a no stone left unturned type guy. I hear both sides. As soon as you watched it, I don't know if you texted me or called me, or told me in the office, I forget exactly what it was, but it was the next time we communicated, you said, you got to watch it. And I said, uh, I said, I'm not watching that bullshit or whatever. And you said, no, Tiger's people should have wanted people to watch this. Like Tiger's people, by the end of it, I watched it. I like, oh, I had tears in my eyes. My, my wife, right, who should probably hate everything that he did or whatever, by the end, whenever he's talking about his dad and the whole thing, she was like, had tears in her eyes. It is an incredible documentary. It is a very good documentary on Tiger Woods. I know he necessarily couldn't come out and promote it because it does dabble into the things that he fucked up, which he did fuck up. But then whenever you watch the story, you're like, probably inevitable that he was going <laughs> to fuck up if you really think about it at some point but i liked it I, I really did enjoy it and i'm a massive tiger woods fan i'm a big like hey the greats are great yes. like i you know steve jobs terrible dad terrible dad. but if he was a good dad would we have what we have because would anybody else been able to been a big of enough asshole to force everybody to do what they had to do to create this it's like all those good and bad things that come with the people that are way the fuck up there and the tiger woods one was very interesting to watch i think it was a very fair acknowledgement of his fuck-ups but it wasn't so much a burial it was like okay this guy uh brought some things upon himself but then he went and dug himself back out you the interesting thing the interesting thing about that doc they chose to promote it as it was going to be an expose yeah which is a sorry telling of the times that we currently mm -hmm. live yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, this will get people to watch. Not this incredible <laughs> story about this kid who was literally golfing since he was an infant. Mm -hmm. Like this dude was watching golf shots and hitting golf. He was on TV as like a two-year-old or something yeah. like that. And I had no idea about any of that. You're wiping the ball. You're wiping the ball. Hammering. 
hammering the ball whenever he was it was like oh so everybody knew but the golf community was such like a niche community that nobody really heard about it. it's like Sidney crosby in the hockey whenever Sidney crosby was in high school they were talking like oh this guy is the next lebron james i actually watched a video they made for the internet where he was walking around los angeles and people there was somebody asking do you know who Sidney crosby is who's supposed to be the next greatest hockey player of all time and the people said no and Sidney was standing right next to them. they mm -hmm. had no fucking idea because hockey was its own little thing golf was kind of its own little thing for a long time and then whenever he came in i didn't know that i should have known since he was like three years old that he was going to be the greatest of all time kind of reliving his entire life for those of us that didn't see it i thought was pretty it was a good fucking documentary yeah. to be honest. and you mentioned how you know tiger woods and john daly and there'll be young guys who will probably do that too it's going to be tiger woods son charlie and john uh -huh. daly's son john it's wild <laughs> little john and charlie <laughs> yeah charlie's fucking unbelievable oh, yeah. so good and he stole the show there that weekend because of the shots he was shaping and mm -hmm. making it was he was shooting better than his father in a lot of different <laughs> holes or whatever and his dad did have to get surgery yeah, after that right so his dad was literally probably in <laughs> agonizing yeah. pain while just Toughen it out because I can't take this moment away from Charlie. Need you here, Charlie. Imagine how terrible. No, but I'm just Good saying, dad. imagine if he would have dropped out of that uh, tournament, yeah. which he would have done, by the way, if it was any other tournament like he has in the oh, past. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, he was like, all right, I got to go rip my back to shreds tomorrow because Charlie is balling Top. out right <laughs> yeah. now. And there were some moments that came out of that uh -huh. thing where you're like, oh, that's going to be the next one. And it kind of covered up. Lil John. He hits the ball like 300 yards. He bombs the ball. Yeah. He's potentially going to go in there. Dustin Johnson, obviously very good. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're talking about like that, that person or entity that can bring in the most amount of people like to be you know, intrigued by what they're doing, maybe Charlie is the next one. And oh, yeah. you got the whole internet, right? All the heroes on the internet going, stop tweeting about how good he is. The amount of pressure this kid is going to have, you're going to ruin it. It's like... He's golfing on television with his fucking father named Tiger Woods, okay? Yeah. He knows there's pressure. We all know there's pressure, okay? This is going to be something that's going to just going to happen. By the way, congrats to him. He doesn't have the pressure of having to get his family out of a bad situation or debt or something like that. He has the pressure of having to live up to how great his father was. But nobody with a real brain thinks about, like, oh, he's going to be better than his dad. But we all do think, like, there's a chance this kid could be better than his dad yeah. and that's uh that's a good thing to talk about but those people on the internet were like you're putting pressure on him. this is unfair what type of fucking world do you live there's pressure <laughs> on everybody dude and that kid obviously has pressure on him his dad is tiger fucking woods dude like that's just the way it goes I mean, he wakes up and sees like a world championship golf training set up in his backyard you know like he he knows what's going on he knows what's at stake here yeah he also i think his dad still if we were almost gonna make content with Tiger Woods. Okay, mm -hmm. I should almost uh, I should talk about that. I guess we were almost <laughs> gonna make content with Tiger Woods, and there was I don't do full briefings. Okay, that's not like the way I operate with anybody or anything. Strictly because I mean Peyton came on the show. He was doing the middle of the thing. I got a chance to like hang out with some people who are very not that I should have been there. I'm not saying I should have been invited to positions I was. But whenever you see like the way Peyton operates and me being around him and things like that, it's hard for me to take many people serious when they're like, "Oh, here's what you can ask or can't ask." It's like, okay, how about that? won't ask anything? Don't come on the show yeah. like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a. But there's a couple people like. Like, Tiger's people wanted to have, like, a briefing with us or whatever, you know? And it was like, 
All right, Tiger Woods, I'll have a... Okay, for Tiger, I'll have a fucking briefing here. <laughs> There's people that I will do a briefing for or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when we went through it, and the way they talked about what he's still doing at this age every single day, waking up at like 5 a.m., then he hits like the sauna, he hits the gym, he putts, he chips, he does this, and then by this time, he'll have like 45 minutes. You could potentially get in some of this, and then at this time, he has his first nine, and then this time, like the, his regimented schedule, it just didn't work out for us. Like the briefing, actually, it didn't end up working out just strictly because of scheduling conflicts and everything like that. But getting a chance to hear what he is still doing and by the way, Charlie is seeing, yeah. right? Yes. Like Charlie is seeing like, oh, this is how you make it. And that's why like you see kids of NFL, NBA players, and we're talking about the NHL, the NHL players, and people talk about, oh, their dad's been in it. They understand it. They get it. That's real. And what they get is how to handle yourself, obviously, in a locker room, how to handle, you know, the world that it is with money and potential being in a, uh, a fishbowl, everybody looking at it, but also the work. Like, hey, this is what you're going to have to do mm -hmm. to get here. Like, this is what you're going to have to do to get there. Here's the blueprint, basically, if you want to do that. And I think that is why Charlie Woods has so much like, hey, you have the hardest working guy, basically, who happens to be the best ever as a dad that you get to see on a regular basis. That's something that you, you know, kind of lock it in or whatever. Dad's his hero. He wants to be like him. What's wrong with that, huh? You know? I mean, well, <laughs> too much. I'll tell you what. He wants to be like him on a golf course. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, we're not talking about the extracurricular stuff. If, the Winnebago. If right. Chuck finds himself down that path, then so be it. But, it's I his mean, life. Yeah, it's his life. Let, if Chuck wants to go be great like Tiger, let him go be great. Let's talk about an entire generational thing. It was a very deep convo I had with CFO Phil just last night, and we had it this morning. Charlie Woods, him seeing his dad do what he has to do to make it, like I have great faith that Charlie Woods is going to go on to be something in golf. I think in the world that we live in, there are some sports that we will not be seeing a lot more professionals come from. For instance, the NHL. The NHL, to become a NHL player, the amount of work and torture that you have to put your body through, basically, to become an elite hockey player is one that I'm not 100% sure that a lot of kids are going to choose to do if they have other options, right? For instance, a lot of hockey players come out of Russia. I'd assume, and I might be mistaken here, but I just, in my head, I think, okay, they have a, a shanty over there. There's a lean-to yeah. over there that has a frozen pond outside that these kids are just sprinting on the ice all day, every day, and they're doing their thing. I feel like the people that play hockey in America, it's a little bit more of an expensive sport there's a lot of other options okay so unless your dad is in the nhl and you see and know and kind of get the chance to to kind of go for it and see how to get there i don't think you're going to see a lot of professional nhl players coming out of a lot more situations moving forward because of the internet financial capabilities the content business e-gaming video games make a lot of money for kids these days i think it's going to be hard for kids to want to wake up 5 a.m. and fucking do sprints blue line to blue line and, <laughs> and that whole thing whenever there's a lot of other options out there. With that being said, CFO Phil's kid, very good at hockey and also celebrating, like, going for it. Yeah. So I was talking to Phil. I was like, hey, he seems like he's potentially, like, is, does he have that, like, edge, you know, where he'll, like, is he going to go shoot 200, 300 shots, like, at night or in the morning in the basement? Is he going to go skate, like, everything like that? And Phil's like, well, he's a bit young, but I guess we'll see. And I'm like, how do you get that into, 
your kid or do you even want your kid to do that knowing that he could potentially play a video game mm -hmm. and make $100,000 in like a week and a half at his age that he's at right now? I think it'll be very – the future of sports is something I'm pretty intrigued to kind of watch unfold. I think there will always be – there will always be professional athletes. There will always be. But I think the numbers of people that are going to be attempting to make it are going to go down drastically as financial opportunities continue to grow in every other field that is much more attainable. And that's my soapbox. We interrupt this conversation to tell you that no matter what stage of life you're in, thinking about your financial future can evoke some pretty strong feelings. But did you know that people who work with a financial advisor feel more at ease about their finances and end up with 15% more money to spend in retirement on average? Now, thanks to Smart Asset, the service that over half a million people have trusted to help find an advisor, there's a free and easy path to help you find greater financial peace of mind. Smart Asset has built a safe, easy, and convenient tool to find vetted financial advisors in your area. So stop tossing and turning and take action today. Here's how it works. Begin by taking Smart Asset's short quiz, and within minutes, Smart Asset will match you with three pre-screened fiduciaries, each legally obligated to act in your best interest and each willing to do a no-commitment financial consultation. They'll also send you a free personalized retirement planning guide with actionable advice so you can feel confident in your next steps. Take control of your financial future today with Smart Asset. To receive your free personalized retirement planning report, go to smartasset.com slash McAfee. Your report will provide personalized insights on your retirement readiness, so visit Smart Asset, S-M-A-R-T-A-S-S-E-T dot com slash McAfee today. Back to the show. Getting texted videos from the Tampa Bay Super Bowl boat parade. AQ sending us videos. The internet has videos. It is popping off down there right now, AJ. The boat parade is something I hope stays anytime a warm team wins the Super Bowl. This thing seems to be electric. Uh, welcome back to the show. AJ Hawk joining us. What a legend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. AJ, wow. you won a Lombardi. You guys went back to Green Bay, Wisconsin, walked around the stadium, right? Is that what you guys did? Yep, uh, not quite, uh, not quite as luxurious as uh, what the Tampa Bay has going on right now. But hey, how when you see these videos, and I, hopefully Zeke can maybe we can pop a few up during the show and see some of the, the latest ones. But oh, yeah. doesn't it look like every single boat is going to knock into each other? Like they, do they have the best boat captains alive down there? Yeah, I don't know how they're all kind of. Uh kind of mingling around in different areas because they're all just like in a group and then they're kind of just like bouncing around to different boats to talk to and drink with you're right i'm surprised there hasn't been many bumper boat situation there has been a beer that was tossed from one boat to tom brady's boat which is a two million dollar boat mm -hmm. and that thing exploded inside the boat when it was not caught mm. but the big story so far i think of the super bowl boat parade in tampa tom brady after winning his seventh Lombardi, we've seen Gronkowski, who now has four of them or whatever, play baseball with a Lombardi trophy. They, these, these New England guys are just so spoiled with Lombardis. <laughs> mm. They are reckless at this point. Tom Brady threw the Lombardi from one boat, okay, grabbed it, chucked it to another boat, which gets caught by, I believe it's the Gronkowski wide receiver's skill player boat. 
Another completion, by the way, for Tom. Hell yeah. yeah. Thank you, Tom. But Tom has seven of these things at this point. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Here you go. <laughs> you got it. This is awesome coming out of Tampa Bay. I love what they're doing today. Hey, how many people do you think would have instantly jumped off of every boat, every ledge near yes. there if that thing went in the water? Well, I guess they do not have gators there, but they do have manatees. I believe they have friendly <laughs> manatees that would have probably oh. brought old Lombardi back up to the shore like it was Guardian at the end there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The end of Guardian with the sea monster doing the thing. But what a good time they are having down there. Chris Godwin has lost his phone. He has made a official uh, proclamation to Verizon mm -hmm. via Mike Evans' IG story, which was IG Live. Uh, Mike Evans goes live at the very end of this thing. If you can uh, press play on this. Okay, so Mike Evans flexing on the boat. Everybody's flexing on the boat right now. Everyone's saying it. Everyone's saying it. Don't care. Rapping into his phone. Mike Evans. Everyone's talking. Selfies. Big boat. Happy boat. Mike Evans said, I'll see you later to his Instagram crowd. Then at the very end of this thing, Chris Godwin grabs it. Give me the phone. Hey, Verizon. I know somebody's going to get this to you. My boy Scotty dropped my phone in the water at the Super Parade. Yeah. I need a new phone. That's one of the best receivers in the league right there. Oh, that's hilarious. So there is a lot of things happening in this boat parade. And I think Chris Godwin, what a magical moment right there. I know somebody's going to see this at Verizon. Give me a fucking phone. All right? I'm in a bad spot. He might be the only person with his phone not out, by the way, because Scotty Miller went ahead and dunked that thing into the river. What a moment there. Hopefully Verizon sends somebody to the boat parade. It should be a great like marketing ploy. Show like a little Verizon boat, slap a sticker on the side, oh, have a little key. dude hand deliver it right to his boat. If they get that done Ooh. by oh, the wow. end of this parade, Verizon, don't drop the ball. Hey, Verizon, step on up. You lied about the five G being available everywhere or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is something you can step up and make a play. Godwin, what a he's the only one without a phone at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, you know, this is gonna sound rude or whatever. Everybody, everybody wants to film people having fun. But when you are potentially the people that are supposed to be being filmed having fun, if you're doing the filming, what do we have here? We have a little bit of a, a situation here, right? I, is there any chance that, you know, all those boats will put the phones down, let everybody else film them, and just fucking black out like the old days? Yeah. Or is everybody going to document every single thing that happens? Probably the latter. Mm -hmm. And I respect it, to be honest with you. I'd probably be doing the same damn thing. Party? What are you talking about? You find you went seven and nine last year. Put your <laughs> damn phone down and drink, you know, eighteen Michelob Ultras, man. Maybe that's what Scotty Miller was doing. Scotty Miller was like, "Oh, you need to start having more fun." Yeah, yeah. Bang, pow, give me your phone. <laughs> Ping, pow. Maybe that's what agent. Scotty Miller's doing. Yeah. Good for them, man. Do whatever they got to do. It seems like they're going to try to run that back. AJ, if your knees let you play football still, would you be going out of retirement? in joining the Green Bay Packers, if that was not available, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think there's Adrian Peterson's like, yo, get me down there. After watching this boat party, more guys are going to be like, yeah. get us down there. Let's go and do that thing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of guys that will want to do that, but how many spots are there? Like, It's going to be hard to hold on to Godwin, right? So maybe a receiver. Adrian Peterson seems like a, a decent choice, even though LaShawn McCoy just won another ring when he was on the squad but didn't play in the game. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know how many spots they have available. It's not like they have a bunch of weaknesses that they have to fill. Leonard Fournette is a free agent, so nobody knows what's going to happen there. If he goes out and you have Ronald Jones and Adrian Peterson, 
I mean, that's not a bad backfield, I guess, depending upon what Adrian Peterson has left. It seemed to prove that he has a lot left in the tank this year whenever he was playing for that team up in Detroit that stunk it. Yeah. Yeah. Fournette does seem like he's having a good time at the parade. He did tweet out, it's so hot out here, the sun got me seeing things. I thought JPP had all his fingers just now. So, (laughs) hey, they're having a good time. Yeah. They are having a good – this is a – Top-tier tweet, by the way. Mm -hmm. This is a high-level tweet, a celebratory tweet, a good witty tweet. I mean, everything that you could expect. And this will have nowhere near 100,000 retweets. (laughs) Like that drafting CEO thought. Like, that is a grade-A tweet right there. That thing might get 5,000 retweets, Mm -hmm. 10,000 retweets. Massive. That would be a massive. That will not get 100,000 retweets on that. And it should, by the way. It It deserves it. Just like $100 site credit deserves it as Mm -hmm. well. Or do you think there's going to be people upset that he's uh, finger-shaming him for not having them all? Well, if JPP's upset, then we're really having a conversation, aren't we? Uh, what if JPP goes, is that funny? <laughs> Give me your phone. I saw that. Oh, yeah. We did. The, the weird claw grab. <laughs> He could, though. He makes picks with that thing. I mean, he he has not slowed down at all. He actually taught me to stop doing what I was doing with fireworks. Shout out to him. Never lost a playoff game. Shout out to him. Won another Super Bowl. Shout out to him. Catches football better than most people have all their fingers. Shout out to him. So, big shout out to him. Did you notice Tom was wearing a sleeve on his left knee? Should there be some worries? And something to think about going into the offseason is the old man banged up. Wow. Was this his last season? Uh, Our injury is going to wear down the TB12 Mm. method. That is something we should think about. Although he threw that Lombardi pretty effortlessly. That might have been some liquid courage. We do not know at the time. We will follow this story as the offseason unravels. AJ, Dak Prescott wasn't in the hype video unbelievable the way they treat their players down there what are they doing i like the fact that washington dc's nbc sports the home of washington football team the washington football team Mm -hmm. (laughs) by the way that was an accurate sentence there oh yeah with the backup in there they're the ones that noticed it stirred the pot out there does dak prescott ever get any respect in dallas or will he ever this is unbelievable aj yeah it's very unbelievable isn't it but okay it could be Either they did this on purpose, they didn't put it in, or most likely what usually is the case, I think, in these situations, just ignorance. That someone either, whoever put it together, I don't know if they forgot because Dak wasn't, didn't play a whole lot this year, whatever's going on, and they didn't run it by I, – I doubt they ran it by Jerry Jones. Do you think they did? I think what happened was – okay, if I oh, had – Oh, no, hold on. I, I saw a little bit earlier when you pulled this thing out, and actually – I was laughing by myself watching. So, yeah, I want to see. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to shoot anything. I was just Jerry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh-huh. Yep. Because oh. Jerry is the guy down mm-hmm. there. I believe what happened is Dak Prescott is not on contract for the 2021 NFL season for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay? So, let's say that editor, whoever did it, puts Dak Prescott in the hype video. You think Jerry walks down and goes, was that cute? Did you enjoy what you just did right there? You know, are you trying to out-leverage me with Dak Prescott in my own goddamn building? My hands don't get cramps writing checks unless those checks are for Dak fucking Prescott, okay? He is not on franchise tag. He is not on contract. You keep him out of your little lit video you got going on down there. I think that's potentially what the editor was thinking about on the other side of that whole thing. But, I mean, it's a weird time to put out a hype video anyways. I mean, yeah, so, yeah. so it's like kind of a, a loss on all, all ends there. Yeah, you know what? I think you might be right. I don't think Jerry had to say anything. I think the person putting it together said, like, hey, if this person's not under contract, I could, this could look bad on me. But then 
The question is, why the hype video right now? And if I was putting it together, I'd be like, hey, I'd talk to everybody. Should I put Dak in here? Like, what, what's the deal, man? What's the contracts like? What's, what's the likelihood? Like, what should I do? What's the, con- what, what's the content you're putting out? A hype video. Why, why are you putting out a hype video right Week now? after the Super Bowl? Well, no. I think it's a good time to get the fan base, you know, hyped or whatever. You don't get them all jacked up. Seasons or around the corner. Hype video, right? I don't know. Is anybody else? Are other teams putting out hype videos right now? Aren't, isn't there a Super Bowl boat parade happening oh, this yeah. weekend for another team? Boats yeah, but we got to get people ready for it now. Only, only contracted players, right? Yeah, only contracted okay. players. That means Dak's not going to be in it. Yeah. So be it. So be it. It is what it is, dude. What a fucking Who did they dumb- have? Hey, who was it where there was the, the quarterback on – on the team that was the presumed starter, he was at a draft party, and then they drafted. Was it Mitchell Trubisky? They drafted like four over number four overall. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, come to the sponsor event for us. Come to the sponsor event for us while you're signing autographs for us. We're going to draft your replacement. That I assume that has happened numerous times there where there has been a miscommunication from the scouting department to the <laughs> sponsorship part department <laughs> of an NFL building. You can see how that plays out. We had a quarterback on the show. Yeah. You know, on our draft show. Oh, yeah. You sure did. Mm. What happened there? He won the MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy won the MVP. That yeah. sure did. Sure did. Hey, Russell Wilson, his team wants him out of Seattle, dude. He gets hit too much, don't you think? His team as in his personal team around him and not the Seahawks? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're saying. His mm-hmm. team, as opposed to the Seahawks team, is not happy about how the Seahawks team has been treating the person that his team makes money off of and with alongside of. His chef, not happy. Mm-hmm. We've had to increase the amount of protein that we yeah. do because his muscle fibers have been bruised so often by the way that the offensive line has been blocking. His marketing team says, yeah, he'll get a Walter Payton, but what about an MVP or a Lombardi? I mean, we could get a better team. The, the, the strength and conditioning coach is like, we have, to, we have to train for survival, not thriving, survival. The team had a meeting, a council meeting, and they all voted that they aren't happy with what the Seattle Seahawks team is doing with their team's guy. So I think they are all going to have to come to an understanding and maybe bring those teams together because there's potential parts of the Seahawks team that probably doesn't want to have to hear about what the fucking Russell Wilson team has to say, namely the offensive linemen that are on the Seahawks (laughs) team listening to Russell Wilson's team disparage their particular part of the team. And that's a big part of the Walter Payton Man of the Year thing. It must be, but okay. How does Russell Wilson feel about any of this? He's frustrated. He's sick of getting hit. Oh, yeah. He's sick of getting hit. He loves being a Seahawk. Hey, Jesus loves you. Love a Seahawk. The whole thing. He actually says that. Go Hawks. Mm -hmm. But But does, hey, is this, this is the, we've never seen Russell Wilson have any kind of comments like this before, have we, in his career? Ty would know. What, potting like this? No, I mean. <laughs> Stop your potting. He's, he's potting a little bit, it seems like. I don't know. Sees it everybody sound else. Like he, it sounds like he possibly may want out. It, doesn't he have comments saying, like, I, I think I should be more involved in oh, yeah. who mm-hmm. we bring in? I want to be involved at the end. This is great timing, by the way, Foxy. At the end of the day, it's your legacy, your team's legacy. It helps me involved more. That dialogue should happen more often, Russell Wilson says that players should have more input because they get a sense of who loves the game and is good. That's Andrew Perloff of the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, his nickname is McLovin. 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 Mm. He oh, big time me one time at a restaurant. I'm a big fan, <laughs> but he did big time me at a restaurant one time. Jeez, 
I'm a big fan of his, but he did. The, um, that is the Russell Wilson interview by Dan Patrick is happening at the same time, basically, as the news was being released that his team wasn't happy with what the Seahawks were doing. So it was interesting to hear Russell Wilson address the, the, the narrative or rumors that are coming out as the world is learning about the rumors. It was, it was very interesting timing for how the Russell Wilson team had something out while he was doing a rather large show with Dan Patrick. He also said, I'm not sure if I'm available or not. That's a Seahawks question. I mean, all this drama is going to get stirred up all offseason or whatever, but the Seahawks have invested mightily in Russell Wilson. I mean, they chose to go Russell Wilson instead of everybody else they had on their team. I would assume Russell Wilson's team is like, maybe we can think about doing something different. But then when Pete Carroll says we have philosophical differences with the offense, a coordinator we are trying to protect you a little bit maybe run the ball and do different things did Russell Wilson take that as a shot because the offensive coordinator was all about Russell Wilson so what a weird fucking situation that we have no idea what's going to happen with <laughs> well especially for Russell to start asking to have more dialogue into like the players that are on the team what the roster looks like I don't know Peyton may have had some influence I don't know Tom Brady with Bruce they, they even talk about it he when Tom Brady's being courted there, he's like, hey, I think Gronk wants to come back. And B.A. says, hey, let's just figure out. Let's get you here, and then we can worry about everyone else we want to get in here. But for Russell to say, like, there should be more back and forth, there should be more dialogue, I feel like the only dialogue that happens between, like, a front office or a GM and players, like, hey, uh, hey, did you play with this dude? Yeah, I play with him. Oh, he's a good guy? Yeah, he's a good dude. Okay, cool. Like, that's the most amount of dialogue I feel like you get when GMs ask players for things. Yeah, that is interesting to think, like, what? is Russell Wilson at the – is like, he are you going to go in a war room? A, a player. It's a player that doesn't really understand your cap situation. All these like, hey, here we go, guys. Here's my list of top 27 free agents we should go after. <laughs> and by the way, if Russell Wilson becomes Jackie Moon, GM coach and quarterback, mm, yeah. and if Sierra's doing halftime entertainment, you know what I mean, and pre-show entertainment, Not bad. I mean, if that's becoming an entire thing, more power to him. I hope they go on and win that way, but it is going to be interesting to see how that whole thing pans out. Just like the Deshaun Watson shit in Houston. It's like, We talked about this earlier, AJ, and you might know better than us because of your connections and everything, because you're up in that top level of people yeah that upper tier that upper tier the bourgeoisie mm-hmm. you know he's kind of up in the in the bourgeoisie up there the um the thought that bill o'brien was miscasted as a stooge did we were we should we take a few steps back on how bad bill o'brien was at houston and maybe reevaluate how dumb he actually is with the thought of the things that we have learned now with that Houston Texans organization. I mean, president resigns today after 20 plus years of service, wanted to resign earlier whenever his, um, his ideas got basically thrown in the trash can by Cal McNair and Easterby or whatever for the GM. They said, can you give us a couple more weeks so it doesn't look as bad? Is Bill O'Brien leaving potentially the reason why all these problems are coming to light? Was Bill O'Brien basically doing Red Panda or this new talent that I found on the internet today who's standing on a balancing act with a wooden board flipping uh, bowls and spoons onto her head or whatever? Is that what Bill O'Brien was for the Houston Texans? Has he been miscasted as Billy O. Stooge in this entire thing. As you went through that, it did make me reconsider it. When you first started talking, I was thinking, no, you did not. You you guys were spot on, calling him Billy O. Stooge. But then when you lay it out, yeah, I guess, but when? how far back do all, how far back do some of these big mistakes go? Like, Or I, I don't even want to call them mistakes, but the, the Hopkins trade 
everything like the weird relationship he seems to have with some players like not not as good a relationship as you should oh yeah did it all start with easterby or when was it trade well i i forgot about the well the tunsil trade made their team better right he was trying to make it better but they got rid of all the draft picks players don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck about that like players don't care about future draft picks because that's actually good for them okay you're not going to be able to draft my replacement let's go ahead and figure this whole thing out but the deandre hopkins thing that was the big that was big right and If now it's coming out that that wasn't Bill who wanted right. to do that, it was actually somebody above him. The rumor, Michael, remember Michael Irvin went on either yeah. get up or first take and was like, Bill O'Brien doesn't like DeAndre Hopkins' kids around the facility yeah. or whatever, this whole thing. And DeAndre Hopkins came out and was like, I, I did not say any of that or whatever, that whole thing. So you did start hearing those rumors about Bill O'Brien specifically being the problem. And maybe I have to do a little bit re-dive back into what all Bill O'Brien was directly associated with. But now that we're learning more and more and more about it, maybe Bill O'Brien was, maybe that fight that J.J. Watt and the defense coordinator and everybody had against Bill O'Brien, maybe that was not with Bill O'Brien. Maybe that was with the higher-ups. And the reason why they couldn't talk about it is like, well, it's the fucking owner of the team we actually fought with. It Mm -hmm. wasn't the head coach. I'm intrigued by all this. And these stories will start to leak out as the years go by here. That place is one of the most interesting businesses in America at this time. Well, and if Michael Irvin said, you know, this was Bill O'Brien who was saying this, and then DeAndre says no, maybe DeAndre told him in a conversation it was an executive in the front office, and Irvin just assumed it was Billy O. Glue, but instead it was actually Easterby. What if Jack Easterby was like, listen, I do a kid sermon. I don't know if you heard about my fish joke, but this is not it. Okay, <laughs> keep the kids out of my out of my services. Mm-hmm. By the way, when's my service? All day, every day in this building. Okay, mm-hmm. one fish, two fish, red fish, new fish. Ooh. If you want to keep doing what you're doing, okay, <laughs> and it'll be a fourth round draft pick is what we're getting in return, pal. Didn't even think about that. Hey, when did Easterby show up in Houston? Do we know? 2019. 2019, but when he got there, he was just a chaplain. I believe he slithered his way up. All this the way up. Easy. I believe he just went up in there. One good prayer, I assume. You think, you think there was an exact prayer, words that he put together in confidence alongside Cal McNair that made Cal McNair go, this guy running the team now. You think there was ever a moment? Probably. Hey, he might have saved him, too. Is this like your, uh, this is like your Jeremy Lin moment? Did he have one prayer that put him, that catapulted him like Jeremy Lin? By the way, Easterby had been preparing for that prayer his entire life. And then when he got his chance one-on-one with a billionaire who runs a team, they had the greatest prayer session of all time propelled him into running an NFL organization from being a chaplain just a year before that. Just like Jeremy Lin got propelled into the spotlight, he had been preparing for it his entire life, took advantage of it, got a shoe line, Time Magazine, big money. Now he's in the G League. Just like Taylor Heineke had his big Mona in the playoffs, he gets a two-year multi-million dollar deal because he had one good game. I mean, these are things that we have to talk about in the annals of history of somebody being prepared for a moment and taking advantage of it. When Jack Easterby closed his eyes to pray alongside Cal McNair that first time, he knew this was the fucking World Series of goddamn prayers. He knew that this prayer had to bring down the Holy Spirit himself into the room because if I knock this out of the park with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the entire thing, I'm running one of 32 franchises in the NFL. And when he grabbed Cal McNair's hands, Cal McNair, he might have put a little electric thing in there Cal McNair felt Jesus Christ himself going (laughs) through him and he said give this guy the team and that's when it happened I wonder if Jack Easterby had been preparing his entire chaplain life for that moment and when he got in there he obviously hit a fucking home run congrats to him 
Wow. Yes. Good Thank job, you. That's something you think about all the time, pray about. You know what I mean, AJ? What what electric thing did he did he put that little buzzer that little yeah. kids get at Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe when they shook hands he didn't do it, but he had it in there. And then whenever he said, Jesus, give us a sign if we're in the right place. You know what I mean? Just fucked him. <laughs> I feel I felt him. Like oh my god. I felt him. <laughs> you felt me too, I think. Hold on, let's see if the other do the other hand then, Lord. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I, I feel him. Oh my god. The Holy Spirit! And then he says one more, and he both of them, and Cal McNair, and then he fucking out. The Holy Spirit had captivated Cal McNair, and he knew at that moment, we have a voice of God in this building. Mm -hmm. And he might have been one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fishing up there for the New England Patriots, but down here, he's going to be calling the shots because Jesus told me to tell him to do so. Amen. 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 Someone better call Mad Dog and let him know he's got to change A Block around because he's going to want to pick up right where this conversation left off. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. The fact that you're still listening, I am eternally grateful for. We're going to have a great offseason with a lot of guests, a lot of conversations, a lot of storylines, a lot of bullshit, and we can't wait, you know, to kind of navigate through this time together. Football season's a little bit away. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. But there's a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff. We hope you continue to rock with us. Be a friend. Tell a friend if you enjoyed the show. If not, just act like it never happened. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday. We will see you tomorrow for a big show Thursday. Cheers. We'll see you then.